For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcast. Morning all, uh, papers this morning uh, on their front page talk of emergency calls that were cancelled by uh, some members of Ungarda Shikona. And uh, unfortunately, they drill in in the papers this morning to some of the 200,000 failed contacts, as they call them. Some were child sexual assault 999 calls. In fact, the Irish Times this morning say that the Ungarda Shikona will never know whether harm was caused to some people because of the cancellation and the mishandling of so many 999 calls by members of the force. Front page are making the Times this morning says numerous Garda 999 call failures were highlighted by this inquiry that they drilled into. The examiner this morning says that a number of the 200,000 calls could have resulted in serious harm to victims or in offenders not being brought to justice. The examiner goes on to say uh, that uh, a child had called a third party line and disclosed that both they and their parent were victim of the victim of uh, sexual abuse in the home. Nothing was done about it. It's absolutely heartbreaking. And unfortunately, it doesn't shine any kind of uh, positive light uh, on the force. And for those, of course, within the Garda Shikana that would never behave in this manner. It must be very upsetting for them as well. But they figure upwards of 200,000 uh, calls that um, were cancelled, not followed up on. Um, oh, it's so sad. Uh, there are a lot of investigations, though, that are ongoing by Garda Shikana. One of them is the story that we uh, revealed first on, on this programme earlier in the week, and that was the remains of what did turn out to be the skeletal remains of a little baby uh, in East Cork. Now, the mail this morning have the latest update on that story. The guards are engaging now with the with a woman following the discovery of the 20-year-old skeletal remains of a baby in East Cork earlier this week. Now, it's understood that the woman was just a teenager when she gave birth to the child. The remains were only found recently in Killa. Uh, a property near the village of Killen. Now, one line of inquiry being uh, examined by investigators is that the infant may have been stillborn. It's tragically sad. Uh, that is the latest update on that. There's another family-related story that we were also covering on the air earlier this week with Barry Roach from the Irish Times. I'm picking up on a mirror this morning where, you know, the mum and all of the kids who were rescued from that van after the driver rammed numerous Garda vehicles, uh, drove from Formoy all the way to Cars Hill, eventually stopped by a stinger device which punctured the tyres. Uh, you know, stingers puncture tyres when you drive over them. They eventually had to be used to bring the van to a halt and a man in his 30s has been arrested. Um, They suspect some kind of a domestic row uh, on Wednesday night. But as Barry Roach was telling us, at one stage on the road from Fomoy, the mother was trying to open the door in a moving car. Uh, Awful, awful. So he'll be before court. Papers this morning also. uh, And I'll be chatting for a while anyway. I don't know how long I'll get, but I'll make the most of it with Simon Coveney after... 10 this morning. So in spite of their 11, their 11 billion euro, um, they still managed to get an awful lot wrong. Uh, and many people are upset with lots of different aspects of the budget. And the, the latest one now that really is ratcheting up is the concrete block levy. Um, now, you can take your pick as to how much it would cost an average three-bedroom semi. Many are suggesting, like I see in The Independent this morning, that they're saying it could add between three and 4,000 euro 
to the cost of an average three-bed semi-detached house. And it's home buyers, of course, will bear the brunt of the cement levy. You'll pay it uh, when you're buying or building your home. Um, uh, you know, obviously, it's the taxpayer always has to pick up for the sins of others. So that's one, really, that's got people very irate. Uh, and, you know, I can understand why. Because a lot of the time, it's people who really, really struggled to put together um, a deposit and managed to get a bank to give them a mortgage. And on top of that, a lot of them will be young people starting out on life who really are pinned to their collar. So more on that uh, after 10 this morning. Mind you, your thoughts are welcome on it. Why do we, we have levy after levy after levy. I'll give you a list of levies a little later on that every single Irish person has to pay. Front of the Echo talks of uh, issues within sport, uh, particularly uh, within GAA. Its front page headline is Respect the Referee. Cork referees call for more respect for umpires, linesmen, games official. In the wake of an incident in Wexford last weekend, there was an alleged assault actually that was filmed uh, an assault on a, a respected referee took place following a GAA match. And that's just a number of incidents involving GAA match officials that have taken place across the country uh, in recent weeks. There are a lot of other kind of GAA-related stories. In fact, one of them is quite positive, I have to say, if you don't mind if I just take some time out to congratulate everybody involved in Douglas GAA, especially the minors, the hurlers and footballers. It's been a long time since a Cork club uh, did the double. We were estimating this morning that it was back in 2002 that he had a club that won the minor hurling and football. So they're dual uh, county champions. And I hope they have a damn big party in Douglas GA because they deserve it, particularly after Monday night's uh, match in Parky Ring, the Valley Rovers game. So well done to all concerned. A bit of good news uh, for Douglas. Um, and, you know, hurling and football, that's some undertaking. But with regards to GA players, um, the star this morning says that issues involving drug taking and drug addiction is now so rampant in GA clubs across the country. The Mirror is saying that they have evidence to show that some players are stealing from their teammates. And this is the claim of a top referee. He says, I know because through the Garda job, I've either been present when they've been caught or I've seen they've been caught and I see the behaviour on the field. I see their behaviour as players on the field change because of drug taking. So robbing each other to pay for their drugs. That's absolutely heartbreaking. Um, I I will come back to issues involving people robbing other people because there's a a really alarming story coming out of of West Cork of a a woman who let some character into her house uh, and then he subsequently went on to rob her. It's a story making Cork Bio. Um, People are being urged to always ask for ID at the door. Um, This is a story uh, from 11.15 of a regular normal morning down in Bandon uh, where... Somebody called to this woman's door, um, no idea or anything like that, uh, and asked if uh, he could come in because he was said that he was going about checking up on houses in the area to, because he was giving advice um, on how to protect break-ins and he wanted to see if the house was secure. So unfortunately, this woman uh, let this character in, went around the house, but at one stage he went up to her bedroom to make sure that all was in order. He told her he was checking on other houses in the area as well, and she believed him. Um, she took his word. Unfortunately, she went to her bedroom uh, to make all to make sure all was okay. Um, but uh, on returning uh, to the main door of the house, your man had left, and he'd gone through her purse upstairs on the table and took a quantity of cash. So they're one of the more uh, horrific types of crime. Uh, really, because you, you're, people can be so vulnerable, and unfortunately, there are those that still take people at their word. And you know what? 
you can do that less and less these days. In, in other, so again, for God's sake, don't be letting people into your house unless they have some form of ID. And if you're anyway, um, in any way suspicious, close the door or just say, I'm going to call the company and see if you are who you claim to be. If they are, they'll stay. If they're not, they'll leg it. Eight weeks to stop cutting turf. That's uh, um, apparently the EU are fed up of us with regards to cutting turf. And they've sent us a letter now saying that we have eight weeks to stop. Or what, like? What are you going to do, like? It's a headline I make in the mail today. Oh, there is another court story. And these are the kind of ones that you wonder, should they ever actually end up in court? But it's a Liam Healing court report in the Examiner where a woman who claimed a small dog belonging to a member of Angarda Shikona defecated on her lawn and that the owner wouldn't pick up the dog poo. She made a complaint to uh, two Garda stations and to the Garda ombudsman. So this ended up in court um, and it ended up with the Garda being prosecuted at district court on counts of failing to control the dog under the Litter Act with regard to feces. Now, he pleaded not guilty to both counts and denied that his dog went into the garden in the first place. But the judge said the law applies to everybody, including members of Mangarda Shikona. And if the defendant, the Garda, made a charitable contribution of €450, Euro, the case would be struck out and that he wouldn't get a €500 Euro fine. Like, couldn't... Like, do we, like, how much does that cost to get that into court? You know, I mean, how much did it cost for everybody involved in that? Could it not be more done efficiently? I don't know, maybe I'm just looking at way too many court reports these days. Sabina Higgins, who's the uh, president's wife, makes the papers this morning. She says that far too many women, it's a story from The Independent uh, Online, far too many women are being thrown out of hospital too soon after giving birth um, and they need more time in hospital rather than being thrown out. They need to stay longer, learn how to breastfeed. Um, and and she says that there are other aspects as well uh, of, of, of childbirth that actually, you know, women should rest more. But I think she's just saying that the way we are now with regards to hospital beds and the way things are within the health system, everything seems to be rushed and she's honing in on childbirth. And of course, we all know that the winter is ahead and energy costs are through the roof already and will continue to go north because they didn't put a cap on them. But there is a pub up the country in Dublin called Doyle's Corner and they're urging their customers to come and enjoy pints with their coats on. Um, and uh, that they will be leaving the heating off uh, to save energy in the pub. So they're turning the heating off, but they want you to come in for your pints. And if you do, you come in with a coat and sit down, they'll give you 20% off your food bill. <laughs> I mean, it's an interesting novel way trying to get customers in, help them out and save on energy costs. But with regards to the food that you eat then, they're honing in on um, junk food and all kinds of food. There are lots of different labels on your food. Best before, used by, um, you know, calorie content, everything, fat content, carb content, you name it, protein. Now they want to put uh, new labels on the food showing how long it would take to burn off, say, for instance, a bar of chocolate. And since you asked... The Independent this morning tells us exactly how long it would take 
to burn off a bar of chocolate uh, with, say for instance, a bar of chocolate with 240 calories in it. 45 minutes to burn it off if you're walking. 22 minutes to run it off. Um, 60% of men in Ireland now are overweight or obese. 55% of women. And that figure is growing and growing year on year. So food labelling that displays the amount of physical activity needed to burn off calories uh, would make it more likely to help people to avoid high calorie foods in the first place. Uh, they're saying another example um, a tub of peanut butter ice cream who would eat that ah man who would eat that but let, assuming that you do a tub of peanut butter ice cream has 1400 calories in it <laughs> it would take 4 hours 40 minutes to walk it off yeah but it would take 2 hours and 20 minutes to run it off. I know, but nobody's looking to, like, you, the vast, vast majority of your calories you burn by doing absolutely nothing. You only burn about 10% of your calories over the course of the day by actually doing exercise. So the vast majority of us have, like, a, a certain amount of calories we can have in a day. I think yeah. mine's around 2,100 2, a day. 2,100 for a man, around about 1,800 for a woman. Yeah, depending on your size and your level of activity and et cetera, et cetera. But nobody's asking you to burn off that entire tub of peanut butter. If you're just going to have, if you're going to have a huge Tub of peanut butter. Right, well, Maybe the, skip lunch. Forget the peanut butter then. Let's go back to the bar of chocolate, shall we? Yeah. All right. Um, How many calories did it say? Two hundred and forty calories. Okay. Well, take, uh, yeah, but are, are a big, that's a ma- big bar, a big back. For instance, a Big Mac meal yeah. or one of those. A KFC meal actually would be more calories in it, more fat in it. For yeah, but it's not about the amount. You'd be, of cal- you'd be like, walking eight hours. You, you would, but like you could say, like a spaghetti bolognese is six hundred calories. Let's say. But like a spaghetti bolognese is full of a lot of stuff that'll make you feel a lot fuller during the okay, day. The that idea is that you, you eat stuff uh, and then it's just under two hours to walk off. But you see, like that's good. Like it, there's a, there's good and bad calories. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I just hate this idea of like here's the calories you have to run for two hours to burn off a bar of chocolate. It's nonsense. Enjoy your bar of chocolate. Just don't be eating eight of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Simple yeah, as. Yeah. Also, by the way, peanut butter ice cream, it's a fantastic idea. I love an old Snickers ice cream myself. I have to say. Yeah, so we're, be, yeah. we're only talking last night about how I'd love. Uh, if there was a peanut butter flavoured 99 with a flake in it oh go on away now I tell you what you have to say have one of those um, <laughs> deep fried Mars bars oh I've had those Glaswegians like <laughs> no Reese's peanut butter cups gorgeous and I'm all for lads if nobody sees you eating it there's no calories look Ed <laughs> Everything in moderation, even moderation. <laughs> if a Reese's peanut butter cup gets Oscar, eaten in the wild. You're Oscar Wilde in the corner there. <laughs> I tell you, I have the body of a god, Buddha. And I've been doing it for years and I'm still here above ground. Forget your calorie counting. The story of the mirror this morning talking about the biggest breakup songs of all time. This is an article that says breaking up is hard to do. That was a Neil Sedaka song. I don't know if that makes the the top 20 I don't think so but the ones that do number one Amy Winehouse Back to Black number two Whitney's I Will Always Love You Fleetwood Max Go Your Own Way Adele's Someone Like You Gloria Gaynor which really should be at number one as the biggest breakup song of all time but it's at number five I Will Survive Sinead O'Connor's Nothing Compares to You and on and on it goes lines open text 0868 pick up the phone on 0818 104 106 calls on the way 
Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. Yes, indeed. Friday morning. It's a free food Friday again, courtesy of ourselves in Roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. So you need to text who you are and where you are to 0868-104-106. We'll start the shout-outs in about half an hour's time. And just before midday today, somebody's going to win and it will involve feeding at least 15 of you in the workplace, um, courtesy of ourselves and Roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. I'll tell you all about the food a little later on. So text now, uh, WhatsApp or text, text 0868104106. Tell us who you are and where you are and away you go. I love bigging up new uh, new ideas and new core companies. And there is a new one now that has brought out a new product. It's called CYD. Check your drink. It's a drink spike testing kit. Uh, you take a pack of them when you go out. It's kind of interesting to be talking about this ahead of the weekend. And I suppose as well, as we head into October and November, into Christmas, when more and more people are socializing. So it's a new idea. Uh, it means that you keep them in your you know, pocket or your handbag or your purse or your wallet, whatever the case may be, because you don't want to have your drink spiked. And in case you thought that it was just women's drinks that get spiked or tampered with, it's not. Brian, good morning. How you doing? Thanks for taking the call. It's not the easiest call in the world for somebody. Um, so I do appreciate you coming on and, and opening up. What happened to you some years ago? Uh, I tell you, I was out in Cork on uh, a walk night out. Um, and at the time, I didn't drink. So I was just drinking Lucasade. And we went to the first bar and we just happened to be playing a game of pool with uh, two or three lads. And that was grand and was doing Lucas eight away. Yeah. Uh finished that game and we headed off to a club and it was ten or fifteen minutes later I was in the club and had to go straight up the toilet, just felt very sick all of a sudden. Um went up, looked in the mirror and my face was just white. So as I said, felt a bit sick. So went into the cubicle, um, just trying to make myself get sick, and woke up about forty-five minutes later. Uh, slouched down round the, the toilet. Hey, I was saying you, um, you went into the cubicle and f- and and passed out. Passed out. So yeah. like on the ground. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so woke up and no, I said I wasn't drinking. So. I knew what was, what was after happening, so kind of forced myself to get up off the ground, which took another 20 minutes, half an hour. That's like, so an, we're like, nearly up know, to an hour and a half now, and so did anybody come yeah. looking for you or anything, Brian? Um, no, because, I mean, that's the thing, it was a nice house, we were just after getting to the club, so, you know, everyone just doing their own thing. in yeah. the club. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so you yeah, couldn't get off the ground for a while. No, I had just like literally trying get up, get out, and go out and put some water on your face. You know, get out and get some air, and I just couldn't move. Um, so as I said, about half an hour later, I was eventually able to get up, um, threw a bit of water on my face, and staggered outside the door. So um, your feet, you're, you're 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 vomiting, you have drowsiness. Um, any any hallucinations or anything like that? Just spinning, that's all. Spinning, dizziness, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, so, 
outside the door, the, the toilet, and there was a stairs going back down to the club kind of thing. And I I knew I'd just fall down, like, if I attempted. So I sat down outside the toilet trying to get someone's attention to call a bouncer. Um, again, lots of people just thought I was drunk, so just ignored me for a while. And just walk past you up the stairs, use the little yeah. walk past you. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, you couldn't, and could you? You couldn't speak, no. No, uh, I couldn't. Just like literally slowing my words, not even saw what I was saying, kind of thing. Um, so like I understand that they did just walk past. Um, but thankfully there was one of the girls that I worked with, Aoife, who walked past and she like, you know, you're not okay. Like She knew you weren't uh, drinking, for yeah. instance, anyway, yeah. Aoife, straight away. Yeah. So, um, yeah, she called the bouncer um, and first they brought me out onto the um, outside, upstairs, and got me some water and air for a little bit. Um kind of made me a little bit better yeah um, and then brought me down brought me out and got me a cab and got me home were you able um, to were you able to say I don't drink I don't know what's happened to me I was drinking Lucasade did you say any of that um, I think I did but again uh, I can't really remember what I was saying. So I'm just um, curious, if, if somebody know, had said that to the staff, did anybody think it would be a good idea to uh, bring you to hospital? Um, well, I, I think the members that, or my, the staff member that I was with um, had said it to him that I was only drinking what said. But I think myself, I just said, no, I'll just I'll go home and sleep off, kind of thing. Right. Okay, yeah, um, that's a dangerous so like, thing to do, but that's what you did. So yeah, it was, <laughs> um, you got home, got into bed. Yeah, and again next day, just couldn't move. I was just in bed for the whole day, um, getting sick. Same kind of symptoms: and, the drowsiness, the sickness, the vomiting, yeah, the, the dizziness, head spinning. Yeah, it was it was all some death painting, um, and yeah, that was it. Then it was just. Headache? Um, the whole last year, it just felt like crap for the whole of the next day. Like, um, when, when did it, it, when like did it start a, to pass off to, to go then? Um, late next afternoon. The next afternoon? Yeah. So it was, yeah, probably about five, six in the evening, kind of thing. Of the day after? As in the third day, if you like. The, like, you know, I went home, say, and it was a Friday night I went out, and you it was the Saturday evening is when it started. Started, yeah. You see, yeah. here's my problem with part of that story, is, is that how many people who go through what you go through are assumed to be drunk by door staff and are just put out of the club and left to their own devices to try and yeah. get home? Do you ever think of that afterwards? Mm. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, as I said, I I know myself that I was spiked, and I said, no, I'll just get me a cab to go home. But this wasn't food poisoning or anything? Yeah, yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've had food poisoning, I've, and this was not that. <laughs> and, you, and can you can you recall, whatever you can recall of it, 
being away from your Lucasaid at any stage? Was it a stranger? Do you think it might have been, could it have been one of your so-called pals having a laugh? Um, I don't think so. You know, I don't think it was any of the people I, I walked with, certainly. Um, uh, none of them were into any kind of drugs or anything like that. And they wouldn't do something like that. You see, um, you could have yeah. choked on your vomit asleep, passed out, semi-unconscious yeah. in bed. Oh, looking back on it, yeah, it was, it was stupid of, of No, not saying no. Like, I mean, but, no, uh, this is not an act of stupidity on your behalf. I'm just saying how, how lucky you were. You weren't thinking straight. You were not in any way responsible for what happened to you. I'm saying, oh, you're uh, lucky yeah. you didn't. Yeah. As I said, I, I just wanted to get home somewhere safe and known. You know, so. Has that affected but, you going out and socialising and things like that? Um, I think it did, to be honest. Because I'm, even now, like if I go to a pub like I, I very rarely drink now. Um, but even if I go to a pub or a club now, um, I'm a lot more aware of who's in there, who's around me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Well, Look, hope- and looking out for people. You keep an eye on others. Yeah. In case they look suspicious or shady or coming yeah. too close or a bit too in your face or yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Somebody just wanted to mess you up, right? Well, I wonder, well, sorry, I've always wondered whether it was me that they targeted or whether it was because it was Luke said I was drinking, did they think it was a girl that was drinking it? And then you they know, stand back and watch uh, who picks it up yeah. or what her reaction might be. Yeah, I know. It's scary, isn't it? But, I mean, I suppose one says I'm glad it did happen to me and not a girl. Well, that's kind of you to say that. Hold on there, if you wish. i got Margot Noonan from the Cork Sexual Assault Trauma Unit uh, on the phone here, and she's heard our conversation. Mar- Margot, good morning. Morning, how are we doing? I, I don't know if there's anything you wish to say to Brian. Is This this could be a typical story that, that's happening apparently yeah. way too often. Unfortunately, it is. The first thing I want to say to Brian is that he. I hope he realises the difference that he's going to make by speaking out today. Just by the fact that it's a young man speaking out, unfortunately, men find it very difficult. That's exactly what I was... You've said it much better than I wanted to say. Well done, yeah. He is going to make a huge difference to anybody out there that this has happened to. And we know it's happening. You know, it's something we're coming across. I just pulled the numbers this morning in the office um, and just looking so far... This year we've had 147 patients attend our unit and out of that 52%, 27 say yes, they were definitely drugged and 25% just don't know, which is quite scary, isn't it, that they don't know. Can you follow that research though from from a pharmaceutical point of view and find out if they were or not? Uh, it's quite difficult because unfortunately, especially, and this is why I'm so excited about this new project, G is a drug that's gone out of your system within 10 hours or so. So it's very difficult to find it. By the time somebody realises that something's happened to them, the likelihood is that the drug has started leaving their system. Okay, so you're just mentioning um, their GHB, is it? Yeah. And yeah, the other one is, is um, the possibility of ketamine and the other one is, ketamine, of course, yeah. rohypnol. Yeah, and the rohypnol is the one that knocks you out. Um, and that's the one that we've been used to talking about where it actually knocks you out. So that scenario where somebody looks like they're drunk and passed out. Um, but the, the new drugs are very different. They're euphoric drugs. So the person will be up and walking around and talking. And a lot of the education piece we're doing with this 
is that it's probably you, you lose all your inhibitions. So if you have a friend that's normally quite reserved and quiet and the next thing, they're really acting out a character, character very forward, jumping around the place, very sexualized. They're very open to suggestion. Um, that's where G comes in. They will have no recollection of anything that's happened. Um, but if you talk to them, it will appear that they're that they're kind of okay. They'll have a conversation. But when you talk to them afterwards, they will have no recollection of any of so that. So for the predator, for them. the predator, GHB would be the one they would use would, would yes, wish to it use. Is the, it is the new drug of choice, I think. From and that's just from experience being in here and meeting young people and going into the universities and talking, working with the students' union. That's appears to be the drug of choice at the moment. But have you any idea as to why something like this would happen to a man like Brian, a non-drinking guy on Lucasade? Um, just try and get into the state of mind of someone who would do this. These people don't care. They, they really don't care. Predators don't care. It's about manipulation and control. So they really don't care. It was probably a lucky dip and unfortunately it was just that it was Brian's drink that was hit. But it as much could have been anybody else in that group. You know, normally with a stranger, it, it, they don't care who they pick or they will zone in on a particular target. They'll have a certain type of person that they like to do. But, you know, it's phenomenal. We've had a huge increase in men coming forward this year. Um, and that's why I really appreciate Brian talking out because men are as likely to be sexually assaulted as women. Mm. But we just, we're not, you know, it's not something that we're used to hearing. Um, <clears throat> but there's no reason. It's all about control, manipulation. Um, and unfortunately, sexual assault is okay. to too. All right. In the case of Brian, and, and perhaps this might be more about men, they just want to go home, not tell anybody, not check in with a healthcare professional and not report it to the Gardaí. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's really, really important that they do get checked out because, you know, ketamine and alcohol can be um, fatal. So if somebody's put ketamine and then you start drinking afterwards, that can have a fatal outcome, which we don't want to happen. Um, but any drugs that your system isn't used to can lead to a fatal outcome. So it's so important if you think that something has been done. And this is where these trips are going to be great, is that people, and I hope people will use them regularly throughout the night, um, that, you know, if there's any inkling that something's happened, that you know you have to go get medical help straight away because yeah. you don't know how you'll react to that drug. Yeah, yeah. Okay, listen, Brian, I appreciate you coming on air and Margot Noonan no deals with the type of trauma that you went through and she's saying by talking, it's very important because men need to talk more and also be aware of it more. No, so well done for that, right? None of them. I said it was years ago it happened to me when obviously men... It didn't happen to men years ago, kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I, I, no problem. Look after yourself. Happy, happy to talk about it. Thanks for taking the call, Margot. I, no when, I, when I was looking, at, when I was looking at this earlier in the week, I was just doing a little bit of a, a dive online, and I came across the National Library of Medicine in the UK. Are, are you aware of the survey that they did? Um, it, it's not offhand. Okay, well, it's quite detailed because they looked yeah. at the biological surveys of many, many people, and they. You know, they looked at their blood and their urine after they had presented with the possibility of being spiked. But they found, um, and, and I don't know whether A&E's report any of this in Ireland, but they found the presence of, of alcohol. Uh, of, uh, yeah, now 82% of those that were part of this were female. So vast majority yeah. were, were female. But they found that um, in, in the vast majority of cases that it was alcohol that was in their system. And when they drilled into it, after alcohol... 
it then became things like um, uh, cocaine or, or, or ecstasy. Yeah. Uh, but it, it seemed to be a lot of those that presented who thought they had been spiked, it was ethanol. Yeah, and actually alcohol is one of the most common used drugs uh, because we don't have a fear of alcohol. So, you know, we have scenarios where um, somebody is being given excess alcohol, so maybe they've ordered a single vodka um, and as the night going on, these are double and triple vodka. Ah, I see. Like some yeah. people will take it, but alcohol actually is the most common used drug. Ah, right. But we don't class it as that drug, but absolutely, I mean, you know, and when you listen to, and we're very lucky, we have some very good bar staff in this county, um, where it's actually the bar staff are keeping an eye and saying, actually, you know what, that person doesn't know they're drinking doubles or triples. Um, they're very aware of what's going on. So, you know, hats off to the bartenders that step up at that case and say, actually, you know what, I think there's something going on here. You might be in a little bit or, you know, they'll just try and bring them to safety. So alcohol, absolutely, the most common use one that we have out there because, you know, if somebody buys you a drink, you say thanks very much and you drink it. Uh, whereas if somebody, you know, says this is a drug, obviously you're going to run, well, hopefully you'd run away from it. But, you know, this is the issue. People, when they hear about drugging, they think it's going to be a tablet or an That's right, because, or, yeah, they found yeah. that there was alcohol in 89.7% mm-hmm. and then when they drilled yeah. in even further, they found that illicit drugs were detected in 15% of those yeah. that are presented. But you could be hit with a double or a treble and you, you and that could be happening four or five times of an evening. Yeah, yeah. And you don't know it. You just, you're getting your drink. Somebody's buying your drink or, you know, somebody, as the night goes on, you don't realise how much is actually being played on you. So, you know, alcohol is a huge thing. And I think that's where we need to do a lot of education and awareness people, for all people actually, it's not just young people, it's all people, to be, you know, be aware of what you're drinking, who's around you, and if you see somebody in your company that really is getting, you know, so different to what they normally are, you just, there's something not sitting right with you, then step up and do something about it, but, you know, take them aside or, you know, maybe order them water or just watch what they're drinking. And I know, but in the case of Brian, right, so he's up in the yeah. bathroom for 45 minutes and then he passes out and he can't get up for another half an hour, he goes out and he sits on the stairs. Everybody yeah. walked up and down past him, ignored him because they believed him to be drunk. Should, yeah. should, should everybody be taking more of a, uh, an interest yeah. in everybody else? We do. We need to take some bit of responsibility. I mean, I think some of the cases that we've come across where it's that scenario and unfortunately something happened um, to them afterwards because they were maybe led away by somebody and, oh, there's somebody with them so they're safe. Um, you know, and just asking, just for two minutes, ask, is everything all right? Or bring it to the attention of one of the security staff, bring it to the attention of the bar person, even if you don't want to approach them yourself. Just say, look, there's somebody on the stairs, there's somebody in the corner, there's somebody in the bathroom. Um, I, I think it's really important. It, it can make such a difference to somebody's outcome. But it's important as afterwards. well then that security staff just don't assume they're drunk and throw yes, them out. Absolutely. Yeah, and I would hope, you know, I think things are changing that way. I would hope they are. I know the security staff are under savage pressure. But, I mean, I think if you knew the trauma that happens to somebody when this happens, you know, thankfully Brian is doing well after, but it does have an impact. But we have young people who are suffering severe PTSD who will never return to mainstream life because they just can't cope with it. They don't know what happened. 
they think or there's evidence that something's happened to them. They don't know. And, and that lack of control and knowledge can have a huge, huge mental health trauma for them. So I think just that simple question, are you okay? That's all you have to say. Are you okay? Do you want me to call someone? Even that can make such a difference between life and death for someone. Yeah. What, before I let you go, what, what, could, what could typically happen in the case of, say, Brian on the stairs or a young woman on the stairs? The guy who's plied them with drink or spiked their drink knows they've gone yeah. to the bathroom, knows they're incapacitated, they're sitting on the stairs. He or she, let's say he for want of, a, yeah. uh, for, of the story, goes up, um, helps her up, brings her down, takes her to the front yeah. door, tells the door staff that he's a pal and is going to yeah. bring her home. She said too much to drink. The door staff say fine. She can't come. She can't communicate. No, no. And then you can guess the rest. Yeah, and unfortunately we see what happens. They're the people who end up in with us. If, if you know, if they survive it, they're the ones that end up in with us or if they know where to go for help or realise that something's happened. And it's, you know, I think it's it's something that, it's such a difficult thing. This is a huge market. Um, drug facilitated um, assault is huge, huge um, for criminals out there. It's a huge thing. So they're always working at new drugs. They're always too. And I know Forensic Science Ireland are always introducing new um, testing measures, you know, for any... But we're only getting the tip of the iceberg coming forward because a lot of people like Brian, they just don't know. They don't believe it's happened to them mm. or maybe they're not aware. Um, and they just don't know where to go or where to turn with I it. know. Yeah, it's a, and the more I think about this, it mightn't even be sexual assault. It could be follow somebody no, to rob them, to take their money, to yes. take their mobile phone. Absolutely, and and you're so vulnerable because you have no protection. You cannot get up and fight back. You cannot run away. You cannot call for help. Um, you know, that's huge. That's that's just one. It's one of the most frightening things that's out there. Okay, you are um, aw- you're aware of uh, check your drink, the drink spike test. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, I am. Let and, me bring uh, in Vinnie yeah. Collins at this stage because okay. you can jump in in this conversation as well, if you will. Vinnie, good morning. Yep. Good morning, Neil. How are you? So your your company's behind this, isn't it? This new product. That's correct, Neil. Okay. Um, yeah, we've we, we, we've we've been kind of um, trying to market it there, and trying to push it out onto the market there for the last maybe month or so, um, Neil. Okay, um, I've got so I've got two of them here in a small um, uh, pouch, right? So yep. if I if if I open one of these, which I've, which I've just done. Um, yep. Talk to me about what I'm seeing and what I'm getting here. Let me get it okay, out. Okay, so you, you'll have a small little white um, test strip, Neil. Um, yes, I do. I've got, there's, there's, uh, there's two of them in here, actually. Yeah, Yeah. so what you'll have is you'll notice that there's, um, there's like two little squares on each of the test strips. My apologies, um, my apologies. I, I actually, to be, to be fair, there's, there's five in the pack. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah sorry. Um, there's no hassle. But anyway, Neil, if you see there, there's, there's um, on the little white test strip, there's two little squares. One on is yellow and one is pink. One is yellow and one is pink, yeah. yeah. So both of those, um, they test for different things. And basically when a person needs to use it, um, it's literally as simple as what we advise people to do. Just dip your finger into your drink um, and all you need is just one drop onto each of those two little squares. And uh, if, the, if the two squares stay pink and yellow, everything is fine. And if they change colour at all, so the pink um, square would turn to blue or the yellow um, square would turn to orange. Um, and if any of those change colour, then that would be would be something to worry about. So like, what um, if they change colour? What are they showing up? Can you tell? So they're they're they're, they're so so basically the, the pink strip is um is testing for GHB and the yellow strip is testing for ketamine. Um, and basically, if there's any of those in the drinks, um, it will show up on the, the, those two uh, or one or or two both of those uh, squares will change colour, and that's the that's the indicator problem basically that there is uh, a presence of. 
a drug, uh, a spike drug, basically, uh, in your drink. So a pack of these, five of the minute, how much yeah. would they cost? They're retailing for four ninety five now. I mean, it's it's not a lot of money to keep yourself safe on a night out. It's not even the price of a pint. No, and that was very important to us as well, Neil. Um, I think in, you know, trying to plan for it and trying to get it out there. Um, obviously, you know, I mean, a, a big target for for us that, you know, where, where there would be big worry. You know, I know it applies to a lot of people and there's almost everybody, but obviously students heading out on nights out in, in cities and stuff like that. We wanted to make it affordable, you know what I mean? Like, it, 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 like to us, it was crucial that it was, it was like five euros or under because if it's going to be expensive, people aren't going to buy it. They're not. They'll t- you know they, I mean? they might or they cut corners or they give it up yeah, or you want yeah, to be, yeah. yeah and yeah. Where, where can you, are these in chemists or in shops or where will you get them? Yeah. So at the moment we have we we we, we sent them out into pharmacies and stuff. We have uh, there's a list actually on our website which is uh, cyd.ie. So there's a list of any of the pharmacies that are currently stocking them at the moment on that website. Or alternatively, um, a person can actually just order them directly off the website as well. Why don't you get involved with the Vintners Federation and get pubs to sell them? That's that's something that's in our plans as well, Neil. Um, as I said, we've only been trying to roll these out um, for about a month now or so, um, and kind of previously as a company. Um, you know, some of the products that we were selling, um, we were rolling out into pharmacies mainly. So yeah. that was kind of um, an avenue we were already after going down. So I suppose we just utilised that. Um, how quickly would the How quickly would the strip turn colour and tell you the danger awaits? Very fast? Oh, it, oh, it, it, it could even happen within seconds, um, Neil. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, you, you wouldn't have to wait around there for a half an hour and say that it'll happen within, you know, a minute or two. You should kind of... You should have an inkling, you know, that there is something yeah, or not in yeah, the drink. Yeah, Margot, I'd say amongst other people buying them, I'd say mammies and daddies would be buying them and give them to their yes. kids because it's, <laughs> yeah. isn't it true though? You'd want them to be safe. It is, it's, it's absolutely, you know, unfortunately predators find a way around everything but if this gives somebody some way of keeping safe and, you know, they'll know straight away if something's happened, they know to get medical care, it's, it's, it's a game changer. It's going to be, you know, I, I just think it'll be fantastic um, that people have that security. And anyone who has been spiked, I can guarantee you they will be ordering them by the dozen because that fear, it doesn't go away. So I think it absolutely is going to make a huge difference for young people. This is the world um, going forward, though, isn't it? It's an awful thing to be talking about having to buy strips. Fair play to Vinnie Collins, I know. It's a terrible thing yeah. that like, this was not talked about 30 or 40 or 50 years ago. Yeah, unfortunately, while we make advances in medicine for positive use, people you take the advantage for negative use too. So it's trying to keep up with that all the time. So, you know, well done to Vinny's company that they're doing that. It um, it will be it will definitely be a game changer, and hopefully, it means that people will get help before they get into that state where they actually lose all control and are very vulnerable then to be taken advantage of. Here's another uh, story for you. During the summer, my friend was out in the city. Her drink was spiked and she collapsed inside in the bathroom, just like Brian. Cleaners in the bathroom called the bouncer. They came in, picked her up and dragged her out the door and threw her on the ground. Only that one of our friends saw her being taken outside by the bouncers. She was able to come to her aid. She was frothing from the mouth and completely out of it. A nurse just happened to come along and helped the owner of the bar was informed and the reply he gave was, I don't give an SHIT what's happening. Uh, we be, we've been closed for long enough COVID-wise to be dealing with this stuff. Her dad contacted the guards the following day and the bar also got no satisfaction. Just picking up what you, you said, Margot, part of this text says, my friend is still traumatized to this day. She has gone completely into herself and doesn't want to go out anymore. It has ruined her. 
uh, can't come on air, don't want to be identified for my friend's sake. She doesn't go out, gone into herself, traumatized, yeah. it has ruined her. See the impact yeah. that you talk about? Yeah, huge, absolutely. Um, and I don't I don't think people realise, particularly if you've, you know, somebody will try somebody with extra alcohol or put something in their drink for fun, they don't, the impact is absolutely, it's lifelong, it doesn't go away. It impacts everything they do, even if nothing happens to them from a sexual assault or a physical or a robbery, it's that, that somebody could do that to you is just, it makes you question everything. It makes you question your circle around you. It makes you question your thoughts, your, you know, how you trusted people, how silly were you now to trust people so you can't trust anyone anymore. It's phenomenal, the impact. And we see it here all the time, unfortunately, where it's at the really nasty end of it, where, you know, people wake up and it's very evident that something's happened to them from a sexual point of view, you know, so it's added insult. So it, it's it's so important that we have an awareness and you know I'm horrified to think that security staff because the majority of them aren't like that Mm. but there are some that do and that's where I think we need to have a huge campaign to run with this about you know education and awareness just you know ask that question are you okay yeah that's fabulous yeah yeah Vinnie you've got fabulous brochures here do they come with the with the with the test strips um, so, the, so yeah, so basically, like I was saying, we've been rolling them out to pharmacies and stuff like so. Any of the pharmacies that we have been giving them to, like we, we we're supplying with products and and all the relevant kind of um, materials with it as well, and obviously posters for the windows. But all the products. No, I love it. It talks about drink spiking effects and the symptoms, which can include X, Y, and Z. And you talk about the uh, one in nine people will have their drink spiked. I'm assuming you can back that up because you're saying. There were 828 spiking incidents in 2018. Uh, the most recent figure is 43,000 spike drinks, an increase of 5,000%. That's hard to believe, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy, really, to be honest with you. Look, I know, obviously, you'll see, um, you'll see certain, you know, things that have happened in the, in, in the last few years, you know, that people could try and argue points that, you know, that, that you know, spiking is on the rise kind of this year in comparison to, like, last year, the year before. And, you know, some people will always try to say, oh, that's, that's because of lockdowns and people, you know, going back into social situations and stuff like that. But, look, as far as I'm concerned, Neil, that's only kind of trying to find excuses for a problem that is a problem. Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, and it is on the rise. It, it, like, I mean, I'm even myself in my own personal life and starting to hear more and more stories of spiking that's happening around me, like in, in local settings. I mean, it's not actually just happening in the big cities now anymore. It's starting to happen in, in towns and stuff. I mean, I remember reading an article recently about um, a person being spiked on a bantry there recently. Ah, uh, yeah, that would make perfect sense because drug use is spiralling out of control all over the country, including towns and villages. Now, people can get further details at www.cyd.ie, local pharmacies, um, and uh, the, 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 they come with five strips within the test kit for under a fiver. Good luck with that, Vinny. Thanks so much for taking the call. No problem, Neil. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. And a great product as well. Uh, Margot, this, I'm out of time right now, but this is the quiet before the storm. We'll be heading into Christmas, of course, a lot more socialising. Go get some packs of strips, yeah? We will be absolutely. Please do, please get them and just, you know, just be safe. And if anyone does need us, Neil, as always, we're here 24-7. You know, just put an SATU to your, your engine search and you'll get our contact details and you will be seen. Thanks, Margot. Thanks for taking the okay, call. Margot care. Noonan from Bye-bye. the Cork Sexual Assault Trauma Unit in the Victoria Wing of the South Infirmary. Incidentally, the National 24-Hour Rape Crisis Helpline is one 800 
0818-188-8888. Your calls and texts are welcome. Text 0868-104-106. Back after 10. Hey, it's Dave. Join me weekdays from 4 for Dave Max Drive, where I'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home. Big hits, loads of fun features, and traffic info. What more could you need? Join me weekdays from 4. Dave Max Drive. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Free Food Friday, your opportunity to scoop food for 15 of you. Make sure you text who you are and what where you are at uh, text 086-8104-106. And we'll start the shout-outs in about 12 minutes' time. This will feed about 15 of you, so keep those texts coming and I will get stuck into the shout-outs. But I want to go straight to the phone because Simon Coveney, Minister for Foreign Affairs, Cork South Central TD, has uh, set aside some time to chat this morning. He joins me by phone. Simon, good morning. Morning, Neil. Hi, how are you? What a week it's been. In spite of the 11 billion euro uh, budget, still there is just nothing but criticism. Where would where would one begin on this? I suppose one of the glaring errors it seems to have been has been the issue involving pay-as-you-go electricity and gas customers. Because bizarrely, um, they're left outside the loop and many of them are from very, very poor households and will be cut off this winter. Do you think that the ball was dropped on that? Look, I think it's something that the government probably has to look at. Um, but I mean, I don't, I don't agree with you that there's nothing but criticism for this budget. Um, this is, uh, you know, 11 billion euros being given back to people uh, who, are, of course, are feeling pressure at the moment because of increased bills. Um, you know, there is a lot of support uh, coming the way of households uh, over the next number of months. Uh, we've seen the ESRI come out today to say that the budget will shelter the vast majority of, of households from energy increases. Uh, and if there are, you know, if there are issues that we need to to amend and correct and improve, well, then of course the government can do that. Well, that's a glare, but that's a glaring one, isn't it? Well, I mean, you know, the, there are a lot of supports coming into the uh, uh, the households that will be impacted by that uh, through other social welfare means. Uh, but of course, if there if there are energy pressures, um, sorry, energy cost pressures uh, on those households that the government has to respond to, and then of course we have to look at that. I listened to to Eamon Ryan talking about that this morning on Morning Ireland. So you know we'll yeah, we'll yeah. take a look at it. Uh, of course we will. But I mean, you know, the government is there to support vulnerable families. And then, uh, we've, uh, uh, no, we've I understand what Eamon Ryan is saying, but back. I'm more interested in what's being said on Lee side. And Mick Barry has said that he has yeah. one person living in his constituency, lives in Cork with a husband, three children, spends a hundred euro a week on electricity, gas, and heating her home. 20 euro a week on blocks and briquettes for the stove. Her electricity pay as you go is 80 euro. And when she's down to the last yeah. two euro of her credit, the beep goes off. When she's down to zero, the beep goes off again. Then she gets 10 euro emergency credit. When that runs out, she and 200,000 like her will be disconnected. She incidentally doesn't get the 600 energy credits either. Look, nobody should be disconnected this winter. Uh, in terms of um, in terms of energy, um, and I think the government needs to to ensure that that's the case. Uh, and uh, and households like that one will be getting lots of supports in terms of double payments around social welfare, fuel allowance payments, uh, living alone allowance payments. Yeah, but um, they, they yeah, but they're yeah, but people people with have, people with ESB and gas bills so get them as well. But the pay as you go have been left outside. Yeah, no, no, I hear you on that. Uh, and as I said, I think the government needs to, to have a look at that uh, to see how we can support those people. How quickly? 
Well, I mean, look, you know, the, the budget's only just been announced in the last few days, Neil. So, so you know, the, the whole point of the budget was to respond to the pressures that people are feeling in terms of, of energy costs in particular. Um, and we have to put a finance bill in place now to, uh, uh, to ensure that the budget actually takes effect in the way that we intended it to. Uh, and so there is an opportunity to look through the finance bill. I, I, if there are uh, amendments that need to be made. But uh, can you give an undertaking to somebody um, who would be on low income, paying as they go, because that's what they can afford to do, they can't bear the worry of a bill, so they pay as they go, that they won't be cut off and that they'll get €600 Euro credit like everybody else? Well, I can't give any absolute undertaking on behalf of the government. What I will say is that we look at it, the intention of the government is for vulnerable families, in fact all families, to get uh, 600 euros of support towards their electricity bills in in electricity credits. If people are left outside of that support system, well, then we obviously have to look at that in terms of how we can correct it. Yeah, but, like, w- w- you should have known that, like, Michael McGrath should have known that, that there were people outside of the loop. Yeah, but look, the, the way the way that budgets work is that, you, you know, you put a budget in place, you announce it, you then have a finance bill after that, which is an opportunity to make any uh, amendments or corrections if there, are, if there are issues that need to be resolved. You know, that's the system. Uh, and, and we'll make sure um, that we look at, at areas where if, if vulnerable people are being left out of supports that were intended for them, well, then we'll have to try to correct it. Incidentally, um, yeah, you know, yeah. Okay, so that's a work in progress. But incidentally, you gave it to everybody, including those that don't need it and won't suffer over the winter, when you should have given more to those that do and none to those that don't need it. Well, look, it's very clear in terms of the independent uh, assessments around this budget that the people who run the lowest incomes get the highest level of support in terms of increasing um, by percentage their income. Well, I don't know about that. I'll get more out of this budget sorry. and you'll get more out of this budget than somebody on 35 grand will get out of it in tax relief. Neil, I'm, like, I'm looking at the stats in front of me here. You know, People who are on the lowest incomes uh, are seeing their incomes increase by, by 5 and 6%. People who are on higher incomes are seeing their incomes increase by, by, by significantly less than 1% in terms of people like yourself and myself. So, so, so like that is, I mean, Ireland has a reputation, and rightly so, for having some of the fairest budgets uh, over the last 10 years of any country in the European Union. The people who earn the most pay the most in tax and the people who are earning the least get the most supports from government. And this budget is absolutely consistent. Another one, another one of your sly moves, of course, is this uh, concrete levy. I was just looking at levies this morning. We now have a concrete levy. We have a bank levy. We have a PSO levy. We have an insurance levy. We have a plastic bag levy. We have a TV license that I would call a levy. We have a health insurance levy, stamp duty. We have VRT on cars, which is anti-European. I think you're even contemplating a levy on coffee cups. You love levies, don't you? Yeah, and we're giving 11 billion euros back to people in this budget from their own money that we've taken in different taxes and levies in different ways. The reason why we have taxation and levies is to try to make sure that we can raise money in a way that's fair and sustainable. The reason why the the concrete block um, levy is being introduced is because we have to compensate households that are seeing their homes crumble because of a pyrite scandal. Yeah, that's, uh, and, that's not quite true now. Is, this concrete you know, levy is, is for dodgy blocks because manufacturers and builders took shortcuts and you penalise house buyers, many of them incidentally who are going to be very young on very tight budgets, and put another four grand on the cost of their home. 
No, well, well, well. First of all, the calculation is is one thousand six hundred on the cost of a home. Um, so I, 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 that's the, that's the calculation that I've seen. Um, Front so page of this morning's Independent. This morning quotes um, the Society of Chartered Surveyors in Ireland say the levy will add between three and four thousand euros to the cost of an average three bedroom yeah. semi detached. That's in the well, I'm going on the on the figures from the Department of Finance, but but look, the the, the issue here is Neil. That the issue here is that home buyers shouldn't have to pay it, Simon. No. Well, if you if you let me answer the question, the issue here is that is that uh, somebody has to pay here, whether it's in general taxation or whether it's the construction sector, um, and this is uh, this is um, uh, a scandal that has come from um, a, a construction sector or elements of it uh, that that provided faulty blocks, um, and so the government so has put it has put a tax on the construction sector, sector then. But, well, that's that's effectively what this is. It's not. If it gets passed it's, it's, on, then 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 that's uh, uh, that's going to be passed on by the construction sector. But a portion of the money that we're going to be given giving back to households that have defective homes, which is going to cost the government uh, somewhere between two and three billion euros, a portion of that, about eighty million of it, is going to be raised in a levy on the construction sector. That's 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 the judgment that will pass it on to the house the buyer. No, but sorry, the alternative, Neil, uh, is that uh, is that it's taken out of general taxation, and that everybody has to pay. So, I mean, like the people who are giving out about this are are effectively saying, well, why doesn't the government pay? Like, if the government is paying through general taxation, then everybody is paying. It's it's the people's money. It's not the government's money. Mm. Uh, and so, the the um, the judgment has been made by government that actually this should be partially paid. Uh, or at least a contribution made by the construction sector by putting a levy on uh, on, on concrete products. Uh, that's that's the rationale behind it. There's no free money here. Somebody has to pay somewhere, uh, and and we felt that it was it was better that we um, that we could take the money from the construction I know, but people sector. Hear, but I, know, I understand that, but people hear that all the time, and they hear it when it comes to energy costs or housing costs. But they and they hear about the war in Ukraine and stuff like that. But at the same time, yeah. they still hear of the ESB making. Two million euro profit per day. Uh, they still hear of the obscene profits that are made by the likes of Board Gosh and Energia, uh, right up to the yeah. top of the tree, up to the oil providers yeah, and, we'll and the gas taking, providers. And we'll be taking some of that money back from them. Uh, in fact, a considerable amount of this. You know, as we speak, uh, you know, energy ministers are, are trying to get agreement on how we would in- introduce a tax on energy companies to take uh, to take supernormal profits, if you like, away from them. Um, so that we can recycle that money back into supporting homes and businesses. That's exactly what we're going to do in Ireland. We can do it uh, with the ESB, by the way, in two ways. The ESB is owned by the state. We can take that money back uh, through a um, uh, through a state shareholding, uh, or we can do it through a, a levy that we're trying to agree uh, on a European basis. So you're right. Um, many companies are making a lot of money on, on the back of gas prices in particular being very, very high. Yeah because of the war in Ukraine. We need to take that money back. They are, they are not profits that those energy companies have earned. They are, they are profits that energy companies uh, are making because of uh, completely it's, abnormal and very high energy prices. Well, and, it, yeah, it's price gouging ultimately, isn't it? We take that money back. It's opportunism. Well, we, yeah, but we're going to correct it. We're going to take that money back and we're going to give it back to people. Can I ask, can I ask you, okay. just when, you know, when you, because politicians get criticised all the time and a lot of the criticism is to do with the salaries that were earned and the wage increases that they're earned. 
people are constantly sticking it in the neck of, of politicians. It, it, I, I don't know how honest you'd be about this, but I, 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 do, you, do you now realise at this stage that you're looking at wipeout in the next election and you're, you're all, both Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael, are just treading water now at this stage? I mean, I don't, I don't expect any of that, to be honest. You know, this is... Well, you'll you'll take the polls the... when you're in your, they're in your favour, but I'm asking you to take them now as well when they're not, as being accurate. Yeah, but, no, but even the polls now doesn't doesn't mean that that we face wipeouts. The combined the combined support for Fianna Gael and Fianna Fáil um, uh, is uh, is still um, you know above any other party. But even um, saying that, so, it sounds as if they've morphed into one party. Then, no, look, look, Neil, I'm not going to let you talk us down here uh, on air. We've just had the largest budget in the history of the state. Um, Fianna Gael has uh, has been in government now for more than a decade. Uh, and we have been through uh, um, uh, crisis after crisis, whether it was coming into government uh, after the economy had collapsed and politics uh, had also imploded. Fine Gael had to rebuild an economy um, with working with businesses and people and families across the country. We faced uh, the crisis of Brexit also. We faced the crisis of COVID also. We're now facing the crisis with Fianna Fáil and the Greens uh, of a war on our continent. And through all of that, We've managed to try to keep people in employment. We're one of the strongest economies in the European Union. We're able to spend 11 billion euros, as well as put 2 billion euros into a reserve fund in case we need it, and 4 billion euros next year into that reserve fund. And not no, but you see, I understand all of that, you, but at the end of the day, people don't feel no, no, it in their Neil, pocket or in their standard Neil, of living. Neil, 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 you've made a few accusations, so let me answer them. Uh, we are one of the very few countries in Europe that has a strong enough economy to be able to spend the biggest budget ever without any borrowing and putting six billion euros into a reserve. But that's fund fine. So I mean, that's, that that's all very year. fine. But people can't afford to rent a home. They can't afford to put a roof over their heads. They can't which afford is, a mortgage. They work 40 hours a week. The state is, can't build houses. And then when builders build houses, they put the damn phases up 50 grand every three months. I mean, yeah, which is which is why we've put €4 billion Euros into housing in this budget, the highest ever, which is why over the last 12 months we've got uh, 25,000 houses built, which is the biggest that we've seen in well over a decade. And we need to get to 40,000 houses because I know the pressures that people are under in terms of trying to buy homes um, and the cost of rent, particularly in Cork and Dublin, uh, and the pressure that, that that's putting on. That's why we're giving uh, a tax credit back to renters uh, for this year and next year, not on the basis of... 500 uh, euro. Property, 500 euro sorry, tax credit sorry. on rents of 18, 20, 18, 1,800 to well, 2,000 a month. Yeah. Well, hang on a second. If you have two or three people renting in a property, each of those people get 500 this year and next year, uh, which is 1,000 euros. So you have three people getting 3,000 euros back actually over the next... But you see, if, if county councils so, or the state were building lots and lots of houses, then county councils wouldn't be buying housing estates from builders, taking it away from other people, young families a lot of the time, who are trying to buy their own home. County councils are buying I, 15, 20, 25 and 50 homes off plans. And they need to be building more. Uh, and, and when I became Minister for Housing, the year before, um, in the 12 months before that, local authorities built... 75 houses. That was it. They're now building about 7,000 a year each year. And they need to build more than that. But, but you, don't, you don't rebuild a construction industry overnight. It does take time. This is not a money or resources issue. issue. It's a capacity issue. 
to build houses. Uh, and it's a, it's a utilities and an infrastructure issue to make sure that we can get the storage and the gas uh, and the electricity and all of the other things. Ah, but I mean, you'd really, like the average punter doesn't really care about the, the infrastructure. They just want it done. I mean, here's a typical example no, for average, somebody. Here's a typical example. Um, please ask Simon Coveney uh, why someone on social welfare will get €1,720 in bonuses over the next 12 weeks and me, working 40 hours a week, get an extra €7 Euro, and I won't get it till January. Um, it's, well, it's, it's kind of interesting because a lot would say why do social welfare payments dominate budgets while workers get crumbs well let me answer that question because I mean this is a Fine Gael um, priority that actually people like that who are middle income earners they're not earning a fortune but they're working hard um, uh, those people are going to get uh, um, a, a, a significant uh, uh, support from, from next year's budget because we have now uh, broadened uh, the tax ban. So, so so people can now earn up to €40,000 a year without paying uh, at the higher rate of tax. That figure was 36800 before this budget. So, so, so we are putting over a billion euros back into people's pockets uh, in terms of middle-income earners uh, who want to do a bit of extra work or who are lucky enough to get a promotion in work uh, and until this budget would have been giving half of that extra money back in tax um, now they aren't getting uh, uh, captured into that higher rate of tax, uh, paying at forty percent plus. Um, so, so we are actually. Uh, this is this has been one of the biggest budgets ever in yeah. terms of a tax package for middle income earners. Okay, but um, but so, then but, the, but so what then we're trying to do here, what we're trying to do here, Neil, is we're trying to help everybody. We've put there's a, there's a huge I know, but what about package. what about many many are saying um, why not help our own? I mean, you you recently pledged fifty million. Uh, to give to, uh, I know it's child nutrition and it's very malnutrition. It's very sad. Don't get me wrong. 50 million to the Horn of Africa when there are 500,000 Irish people registered homeless. And a billion then in general overseas aid. A billion. Sorry, there aren't 500,000 Irish people registered homeless, Neil. People who are homeless don't have a home to stay in. There's a big difference between people who are on a housing list and people who are homeless. Well, they could be. Um, well, so the, the figure no, is, is sorry, substantially high when they're surf, when they're couch surfing or back living with their parents. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so I mean, I, I, I absolutely accept that we have huge housing pressures in Ireland that we have to get on top of. The government needs to facilitate the building of about forty thousand houses a year every year. The government needs to be providing very significant numbers of social housing. Uh, every year and we are we we have a higher social housing budget now than we've ever had and we need to keep pressure on local authorities to deliver quickly so i I absolutely accept that but please don't start equating that with with actually keeping starving children alive on the horn of africa which is what i've committed uh, uh, money to Uh, we are lucky enough to be a a country that can afford to make a contribution uh to to children and mothers that have nothing at the moment on the Horn of Africa where we're likely to see a famine in the coming weeks and months. And I have contributed. Yeah, uh, I, I know that, but I can't Irish help money. but think... I know that, but I, and it's dreadful, so, but I can't help so, think of people so who will be so either thinking about food or making, heat this winter in Ireland. The suggestion that you're making is that we should just leave that to somebody else to solve and that Ireland shouldn't play any role in that. I'm sorry, but as a, as a Minister for Foreign Affairs that's responsible for the I, Irish aid budget, which most Irish people, by the way, I am only telling of, you what people tell me. Asking, they are also um, very annoyed that refugees got fast-tracked for benefits when Irish people refused help or put in, impediments in their way all of the time. These are the, these are the things that I deal with on a daily yeah. basis. 
yeah, yeah. But sorry, Neil, you have a responsibility too, uh, uh, in terms of uh, uh, you know how Irish society responds to the the moral obligations that we have to help people who are fleeing conflict, uh, uh, people who come here with nothing except a rucksack on their back. Um, and we have an obligation under international law, but also a moral obligation to help those people if we can. 50,000 Ukrainians have come to Ireland uh, fleeing war. Many of them have husbands, brothers, sons uh, and daughters uh, fighting in that war, some of whom have lost their lives, hundreds, hundreds every single day. Are we seriously saying when there's a war on our continent that Ireland isn't going to play its part by at least providing shelter uh, for the thousands of, of Ukrainian refugees yeah, with nowhere else I, to go. I get that, but there's a lot so, of people so who can't get... There's a lot of people in Ireland that can't get... Well, people are not. They're just saying that they can't see... Optically, it looks wrong in the sense that many people can't get a medical card, can't get a GP card, can't get a home, can't get sorry, social sorry, welfare. Tens can, of thousands of more people will now be getting GP, GP uh, medical cards after this budget uh, and, uh, and medical cards. We've expanded the threshold significantly yeah, you, in this budget. Yeah, but That's you are aware. Done. You are aware that doctor surgeries are full. I spoke to them during the week. They say they have no yeah. more space. Their lists are closed. Yeah. So we need. So we need to get more GPs into the system, um, which is also what we're looking to do. And we'll negotiate with GPs just like we did before in terms of the um, the GP medical card system, which has worked very well for parents in terms of being able to bring their kids uh, uh, for free to the GP. Uh, to be able to deal with, with illnesses rather than allowing those Ill- illnesses to develop where children may end up in hospital. So the, the, um, uh, the GP medical card, while of course it, in- it needs to involve discussion with GPs in terms of making sure that it can work, and it will involve that, but, but we have the budget now to expand that significantly um, for everybody. So, you know, I'm not saying that there aren't uh, people listening to your radio show this morning who are under huge pressure. I know there are. Uh, people who just miss out in terms of qualification criteria for certain supports. Uh, and we've tried to expand the number of people and the amount of money that people can get in terms of support in this budget uh, in, a, you know, in a more expansive way right. than we've ever seen before in any budget before. Okay. But okay. please, don't, don't start pitting people against each other. Ukrainians in Ireland who have virtually nothing who need our support versus Irish people who are also vulnerable. We can support both, and we have an obligation to support both. Uh, just incidentally, before I let you go, just two stories locally here on Leaside. Uh, the first one is this incredible 600 million euro land grab by Bus Connect. There's huge submissions being put in by people yeah. all over the city and the suburbs against all of this. Um, aren't things bad enough as it is with people trying to get through the winter and protect what they have without the government being behind this Bus Connect land grab for buses and bicycles? Timing's all wrong on this, isn't it? What are your thoughts on it, incidentally? Well, I think there are real problems, actually, with the, with the Bus Connect proposals. Um, you know, this, is, this has come from, uh, from the National Transport Authority, as you know. Um, and I think uh, the way in which it's been done has caused a lot of stress for a lot of communities. Uh, I've been to some of the public meetings on that, where people are losing front gardens uh, and so on. In the, in the current drawings, which, which are only initial drawings, there's a long consultation uh, to be gone through before anything is finalised. Yeah, but who can stop them? See. Who can stop them? Yeah, because councils no, can't. No, no, yeah, but we, we probably won't see any actual construction in relation to this until about 2025. Uh, we're, we're, and we're at the start of a series of consultations now. Can I just be very frank with people who are, who are listening who are concerned? Um, there will be significant changes, in my view. 
to the uh, to the recommendations, to the routes, and to the approaches that um, that have currently been put out there um, uh, in terms of the Bus Connects proposals. The the idea of actually widening roads, uh, making uh, bus routes faster uh, and more efficient, getting more people cycling and walking, they are they are good principles. And we need to invest, and we can invest hundreds of millions of euros in Cork doing that to improve how people move around. Yeah, but surely it's got uh, to be unconstitutional to, to have a compulsory purchase to, order against somebody's front to, garden. Yeah, but we've got to do it in a way that respects people's concerns and communities' concerns uh, and people's private property as well. Uh, and I think we will be we will need to go through a long process on this. Um, but I mean, from from the from the public meetings that I've been at, and from the people I've spoken to, and the other politicians, including the ones in government that I've spoken to, um, something of this scale will need to be signed off by government anyway. Uh, and so we'll need to be satisfied uh, that the balance has been got right between communities and individuals' concerns and their property, and making Cork a more sustainable place in terms of how we move around, particularly in public transport uh, uh, and cycling. So are you giving, people, are you giving people an undertaking that they shouldn't worry just yet? There will be major changes and that will yeah, probably saying, be a change that won't involve people's property being taken. Well, no, what I'm saying to people is, is that you know, they should get submissions in. Uh, there's a deadline of the 3rd of October, so it's just in the next few days. But if you, but if you don't like it, in. you should be knocking heads together, shouldn't you? If you don't like it, you're yeah. a senior politician. Yeah. Yeah, but I've I have an obligation to go through a process as well. Okay. Um, and, okay. Uh, and there are there is a submission process before the third of October. Okay. People should use that, and I can promise you that people's submissions will be listened to. They'll be taken seriously, and we'll try to make the appropriate amendments. Okay. More to finally, as this is to bring up to you, where are we at with the convention centre? Do you know, or do, does anybody know? I mean, we're in the hole for fifty million for the six thousand seater, but next February it will be seven years before you and since you and Enda came to town. How do you feel about that delay? Well, I mean, I, I think if, if people like myself hadn't fought to keep that project alive, it would have been dead long ago, you know. And, um, you know, I've been honest about about this um, uh, in terms of the commitments that we've got from the developer. Um, I've gone back to government to try to get more money when necessary. Uh, I believe that this will be one of the best 50 million euros that Cork City will ever spend. Uh, we'll have a you know, an international standard. About I know that, but we were, we, we've said that, you and I, many times in the past. What's, yeah, the pro- yeah. what's the problem? Well, to be fair, there's been some huge problems. COVID for start, when, when all live venues effectively ground to a halt. Live Nation are the second largest live venue company on the planet. Um, they had obviously huge financial difficulties during the COVID period. Yeah, but you gave them save uh, 7 million to cover the inflation and COVID delays. So, so we've... Yeah, but, you know, I don't control the commercial elements of this, uh, Neil. Um, my understanding is that the thing is moving forward. It's been slow. Everybody knows that. Uh, but Live Nation are still committed to this. BAM are still committed to this. Cork County Council are absolutely committed to this, as is the government. So what's holding uh, it I up, think, Simon? Well, well, I mean, it's not so much being held up. What's happening at the moment <laughs> is, is, is ongoing. <laughs> no, no, look, I know... The fact that people haven't seen this built is obviously a hold-up. But the, um, what's happening at the moment, if you want to know, is, is, is the finalisation of internal design. Uh, that's going to go on until the end of the year. Um, uh, our hope and expectation is that construction will start in the first quarter of next year. Um, and we'll continue to work with, um, with both BAM and Live Nation t- to that effect. But, you know, this is a project that despite all the criticism I've got on this because of 
you know, different launches and announcements at different times. Because you jumped the gun, I, really. I, it was all I, electioneering I, at no, the time. Well, you never no, admitted to that. No, it wasn't. We got clear commitments at the time that it would progress. It then didn't. Um, um, and there have been all sorts of obstacles put in the way of this project. Each one of them we've overcome, and we'll overcome any further ones uh, 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 that, that come. And this will happen. Uh, it's happening seven years later, probably, than it should have happened but it's still going to happen. And just because we've had enormous frustration with this project and I've taken a lot of stick in it, doesn't mean I'm going to give up on it. Um, um, this, this will be a phenomenal injection of you know, economic activity for, for, for the city centre. And eventually we will get it built because people like me and many others uh, will will continue to insist on pushing and pushing and pushing until it's done. Okay, so just just to recap, with regards then to the uh, pay-as-you-go electricity and gas, you're looking at that. The issue of people getting more free GP, you're looking at that as well, acknowledging that oh, no. GPs are leaving that's the right. country, and right, you figure already, you're going to be able to. Already announced. You know, and, but they're the leaving. There are no GPs, you're, but you're gonna you're gonna magic up thousands GPs of them. Too. Yeah. Sorry, there are many GP practices that are under pressure. Uh, and okay. they're very busy but, but yeah. there are a lot of GPs but you said you were going to you were going to be in talks and negotiate you, you, you also well, you, be, yeah, yeah okay you, I mean we didn't, we didn't even touch on the fact that you announced uh, you know free bus places for everybody going to school and then all of a sudden there's no bus places for kids going to school incidentally many would say there was no shortage of buses or coaches for refugees but kids trying to get to school can't get to school because Neil, there's Neil. too many of them around so all Neil, of those issues, Neil, yeah. Neil, I really think you should think about how you address the refugee issue when you're speaking to as many people as you speak to. I'm not. I'm not. Um, I'm, I'm telling. Have, I'm telling you what people are saying on the air. You may yeah, not hear yeah, what people are saying. They say my my child can't get a place on a school bus, but yet I see other buses for people who would be coming here fleeing war. I'm not disputing any of that, but there are plenty of coaches and buses for them. There's not a connection between the two issues. Oh, isn't there? Okay. There is not a connection between the two issues. The school bus service is a different issue to to Ukrainians being being bused from um, uh, reception centres to more permanent accommodation. They're two entirely separate issues, and you're an influential voice in terms of, of how the public... Yes, and it court. is my job to make not, you aware you of what not. people are saying on Lisa yeah. on but different you, topics that they're passionate or interested but in. But you should not pit people against each other, particularly when they are vulnerable people, refugees that have come fleeing war, and many vulnerable Irish people too, uh, uh, in terms of... You create, uh, you, you, it's you create situations like this in government. It's you create the disparity and the unhappiness no. and the, and no. it's you create situations where middle income families feel they'd be better off unemployed for instance because they feel like it's just pointless trying to continue it's not it's not me i, really? I don't i don't create Neil, disparity or anger Neil, in the community we have, almost, Neil, we have almost full employment in ireland which is proof that employment pays in ireland we have a very fair tax system where the people who earn the most pay the most uh, and we have we've just passed a budget uh, uh, with uh, 11 billion euros of expenditure to support people in vulnerable situations to help help them get through the winter. We also have to accommodate 50,000 Ukrainians who are very vulnerable people who've come to Ireland under quite traumatic circumstances in most cases, and we've agreed to try and help them too. And that's that is a, a moral and international obligation that I believe we have. And so we need to explain to people why we're doing that and how they can access scarce resources so that we can support everybody who's vulnerable okay. in Ireland, whether, okay. they're, whether they're from Cork or whether they're from Ukraine or whether they're from... 
from somewhere else and we shouldn't be I, I using a language it's not a language uh, maybe maybe I'm just saying to you ju- just be wary of the public sentiment out there that's all I'm saying to you you know be wary of what I people are thinking every single day yeah. I speak to the public every single day and the vast majority of people in Ireland uh, are proud of the fact that this country has opened our homes in many cases. I'm not just talking about uh, that. I'm just talking about issues in general, the public sentiment out there. That's all I'm saying. And you, and you know something, it would be a great thing if the 11 billion that you talk about this morning will actually make a difference into pe- in people's lives, that ultimately well, it will. Well, I hope it will. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, what, we, that's what we need to do. You know, we're, we're, um, whether it's fuel allowance, whether it's increased pensions, whether it's disability, whether it's carers, carers whether it's living alone allowance, uh, multiple lump sums with a double payments on, on child benefits. That's all, well, that's all they're all social payments. welfare payments yeah. again. There's a lot yes. of people aren't on, they're working. Well, well, actually, the working family payment is for people who are on low incomes who are also getting some support from the state. Um, but but, but you surely they'd be the we, ones who'd be better off to flip over to all of the extra payments you just said for those that aren't. C- come on, Neil. You're, you're, you're being provocative now. We are, we are trying to support, and I think any independent assessment of the budget would confirm this. The people who are on lowest incomes are getting the most supports, but people who are in middle incomes too are getting more support than they would normally get in a budget because we've, we recognise that every home uh, and also most small businesses are feeling huge pressure at the moment because of the increases in the cost of energy. Um, that's where we are, and we'll continue to support those people. And because we've put money aside... For next year, we have money to be able to do more if we have to in terms of supporting people uh, through the winter and the pressures that okay. they face. Okay. And that's, that's, that, that's the job of governments, to make sure, one, that we don't run out of money, and two, that we don't spend money that we can't afford, but also when, when people are in trouble, as they are at the moment, that actually we respond with, with generosity. And that's what we've tried to do this week with 11 billion euros. Okay, thanks for taking the call. Covered a lot of ground. I do appreciate your time. Simon Coveney, take care. Text 0868104106. Your thoughts on that conversation are welcome. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. Back after the break. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818104106. Cork's Red FM. All right, text 0868104106. I see them coming in thick and fast. Listen, I need to take some time out for a second, though, because it's a free food Friday. Happy weekend, guys. Whatever you're planning to do, enjoy it. You could get food for up to 15 of you, perhaps more in the workplace. You will get chicken wings, chicken skewers, beef skewers, a selection of mains, including chicken wraps, chicken pitas, and beef burgers. I love the food at Roosters. You will, too. All the meats are basted in their piri sauce, and they've got the piri salted fries and the rice, and the newest side of them all, the waffle fries, and the mayo and the garlic mayo. And then you build your own cheesecake with lots of different toppings. So good morning to everybody at uh, Shipping Solutions down in Tivoli. Free Food Friday, Andrea and the hardworking staff. Um, Irish Guide Dogs are listening on the Model Farm Road and all of the staff there and the doggies as well. Morning to Sylvia. To everybody at Bar One Racing and Evergreen Road in Turner's Cross. Amazing staff and make us lucky by winning. I like that. Caremark Cork on Tremore Road. Morning to all. They're starving Marvin. GRP Roofing Supplies on the Tremore Road. Watson Marlowe and Blackpool are listening. Lara National School in Bandon. McCarthy's Family Butchers, uh, Bishopstown and Grana Braher. Union Hall Smoked Fish. Unique Fit Out in Glanmire. The Clothes Horse Dry Cleaners in Carrick Tool. Lehan Motors. Uh, Cabana Lifestyle on the Kinsale Road. Amy's Laser Laser and Beauty Clinic in Ballancolig. All of the staff at TNA Building Supplies in Black 
Pool, Architectural and Metal Systems in Little Island, FDC Accountants in Wellington Road, Area Carpets and Flooring, Puffin Ward at CUH, Transport Services in Valley Valan, Custom Wear, Fire Duct Systems in McCroom, Ready Mix Trucks in uh, Granada, and DCN Developments in Glanmire. I'll do another bunch of shout outs in about 15 minutes' time. So text who you are and where you are to 0868 104 106. Right. Selection and calls. We'll get on as many as we can. Uh, Johnny standing by. So is Michael. Keith first. Keith, good morning. How are you doing? Uh, um, just about that. Fool, literally. That uh, well, be, the let, let's be let's be kind. Let's not be calling people. No, names. That, is, that, that, that is being kind to him, actually. All right. Um, leave, leave it go. Just four, like four, four euros extra a week is what I have, and I work full time and I work hard. I wonder where the four, four euro came euros. from. I uh, probably don't decide to the coach. Yeah, but in. <laughs> <laughs> good answer good answer yeah yeah. so when you so hear politicians talk saying you know great work's been when, done when, when, I, when, I, when I hear them waffle um, basically the, the, what the budget was if we take it at, as a, it was a, a 100 euros they gave 10 euros to elderly people to help them a little bit they gave 80 euros to people on social and they gave 10 euros to the people who work and provide ever and provide the taxation for the country. Yeah. That's the way they yeah. do it. But would you want to try? Would you what? Would you want to try and live on two hundred and eight euro a week? I did actually for a while. Okay. And were there extra I benefits had to for a while. Yeah. Well, like no, I don't know. I no, I wasn't entitled to anything, and I was nine year, nine years on a housing list, and I still didn't get it. Um, but anyway, that's beside the point. Mm. There's fifty six ghost estates in Cork County alone. Why aren't they doing something with them? Like, 4,000 ex, 4, extra on, on building blocks that equates to by the time you put by the time the builder puts um, uh, his markup on that and vast that club costs nearly 6,000 so again the government is getting more tax on that and uh, so that's just more money in their pocket they had 90 billion surplus this year alone to spend on a budget and they did 11 billion but they gave 11 billion in all the wrong areas. They didn't do it one bit correct. They've never done it correct. They said there was an excise duty on fuel was going to be coming down. The following morning, I, I, I'm on the road a lot for work. I passed 10 petrol stations and every one of them that morning, fuel was gone up again, even though excise duty was down. Mm. And now there's going to be another two cent put onto it next month. Mm. So that by the time you take that two cent, you put, they'll put the, 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 the the fuel companies and put the transport costs to get the fuel to the garage. You're hit left, then, right, then centre. I, I get that. I mean, but there are more and more people now. If we can get more doctors, we'll have medical cards. And no, children that, that, get, that, you know. that, 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 that doesn't. That's not going to fix the problems that the country has. But you're honing the in on the eighty euro out of every hundred that went, say, on double child benefit payments, the four hundred for the fuel lines. Hang on a second. The two double payments for social welfare at the end of the year. They put they put all the money in the wrong places. They didn't spend money. But you, when you talk of social is. welfare, do you, like the vast majority of people getting a social welfare payment, and they do include pensioners in a sense, although they're taxed on it. Don't get me wrong. But the vast majority yeah. of them aren't 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 um, aren't freeloaders. No, I didn't say anything about the freeloaders. So they can't survive. They can't survive. But, yeah, but they, the, if they had spent money correctly, they could have uh, got prices down. They could have got prices. But you see what they did in the UK? They dropped the rate of tax by 5%, and the economy has crashed. Yeah, 
if people have more money in their pockets, they can spend more money. But if you give someone 10 euros extra a week and things are gone up 15 euros extra, yeah. what was the point of giving them 10 euros? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't, that doesn't... You're still going to drown, like, yeah, yeah. The only person that's going to benefit there is the government because they're getting more tax. Let me get Michael on the air. Keith, thanks for your call. Appreciate it. Michael, good morning. Good morning, Neil. There should be an investigation into the allocation of housing in Cork City Council, an independent investigation, is it? Yes, I believe so, yes, because uh, my, my partner were on the housing list 11 years never offered the property. I have disabilities. I worked for 45 or 47 years and paid a lot of tax and PRSI. Yeah. Uh, I, say, I, I eventually met with uh, somebody in the, in the council who said there could be a property coming up and this, that, and the other. And uh, I sent five emails to the said person and I never got a reply. Okay. You're 11 years in the housing list, but where, right. where are you living now? Southside. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm renting. Privately, is it? Privately, yes. Okay. With rental loans. Yeah. With HAP? No, rental loans. Okay. You never got an offer of anything? Never, even, never, this, is there only, like, is there only two of you, is there? Correct. Okay. Even, I, even a small age, apartment? I'm, nothing? I'm, I'm an old age pensioner with disabilities... And I filled out a disability form last year and I got a receipt for it. And I inquired a few months later and City Hall told me they had no recollection of receiving it, even though I had a receipt for it. But the problem I discovered in my own way was that the lady dealing with it, right, was on maternity leave and nothing was done for with that forum until she came back to work. Okay, okay. That's six very unfortunate later. to your situation. So I was left sitting for six months. And how do you uh, know of people then who were three and a half years on the list? The well, council? I was talking, I was looking at uh, a, a block of apartments recently and well, uh, I was talking to a, Polish, a very nice old Polish guy. He was telling me himself, his partner and his child were three and a half years on the housing list and they got a two-bedroom apartment. Well, they got that because they had children and you didn't, maybe? They have one, yes. So that's discrimination. Right. I yeah. have children, they're adults, and I have grandchildren. And I told that... There was no, I'm not entitled to bring my, well, I am entitled to bring my grandchildren to stay overnight with me, but uh, they don't have to sleep on the floor or on the couch. Right. They're not entitled, I'm not entitled to have a bed for them. But your problem is that you believe, you believe, although Simon Coveney says I shouldn't allow calls like this on the air, that somebody from another country got a beautiful three and a half, got a beautiful apartment, Three and a half years on the list, and you Correct. didn't get a kick in a stampede with 11 years? No, no, okay. no, no, yeah. absolutely nothing. I know two cases of married mothers. Uh, there's one particular girl, I think she was on the housing list uh, three years, so they're up three to four years maximum, and she got a beautiful apartment above in Mary Mother Hill. Yeah, but uh, would you think that it would be right to prioritise people with young children? No. Uh, on a housing list or a house? Well, how do you think it's look, I, 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 
okay, prioritise people, right? But at the same time, like, when you look at the whole... Oh, no, lost you. Sorry, Michael, that happened. I don't know why it happens, but it does. I have to get that sorted because I'm, I'm keen to talk to him. We'll pick it up after 11. Keep your text coming. Text 0868104106. Sorry. I'm Lana O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national and international news. And you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie. 104 to 106 Red FM This is the Neil Frienderville Show Free Food Friday uh, shout outs for Roosters Piri Piri Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park and uh, another bunch of them here for you let me get my act together here they are okay everybody at the registration office on Adelaide Street for everybody at St. Joseph's High uh, Dependency Ward in the Mercy doing an amazing job Horgan's Garage Kerry Pike Watson Marlow and Blackpool are listening Skulltria Special Needs School in Lota could do with Free Food Friday with the terrible weather and the kids having to stay in from the playground. Ross Oil and Fernand's Air Call Centre in Churchfield. So you can imagine how our day will go. I mean, you're up on high ground, so you get a lot of wind. Uh, Honey Brown's Hair and Balancholic are listening. The Endoscopy Ward in the Matter Private. The Brothers of Charity Day Service Staff. The Bakers in Danos and Super Value in Mallow working since four o'clock this morning. It would be a great way to end their shift. Glintown Care Centre in Glanmire. Uh, Scrappy and everybody at Cork Metal in Dublin Hill. <laughs> Cork Metal in Dublin Hill have somebody working there with a nickname Scrappy I love it Topman Barbers and Balancholic Bridgewater Homes and Kerry Pike Easy Living Interiors in Little Island Blockwall Developments in Ballinglana Dennehy's Health and Fitness Penrose Dock with Donovan's Pharmacy in Balafihan Oliver Hayes Gardening Services Karen and everybody at a Donovan's Pharmacy Johnson and Perrots in Bishopstown or Bishopstown Parts Department the Finance Team at Hobart AV Pound in Mallow Bossard in Little Island and just another few ECI JCB and Kerry Tool are listening, Kevin Conda Financial Brokers as well. So we'll do another bunch of shout outs in the next uh, 20, 25 minutes and just before midday today, somebody's going to win a whole swag of food. It'll feed at least 15 people, starters and main courses delivered by Red Patroller, desserts as well, courtesy of ourselves and roosterspiripiri.com. So keep those texts coming. For more shout outs text 0868 Lots of texts in response to my conversation uh, with uh, Simon Coveney. I'll come back to those in a, in a few minutes' time. You might remember at the start of the week, I told you about an important notice that was posted online and probably in the window of uh, Johnny's Restaurant saying that they are closing their sit-down restaurant for business and they will move to takeaway. And they listed the hours when they'll be opened and what they will be doing going forward and what they won't be doing. And they'll no longer be doing breakfast or carvery dinners from the 2nd of October. I had been wondering at the time why. Imagine it has to do with energy costs going forward. But it's not just that, incidentally. Johnny himself joins me by phone. Johnny, good morning. I have to tell you that I was in New York there a few weeks ago and I met a couple of people there who were actually not from Cork but from Dublin who knew of your restaurant in Watergrass Hill and asked me if I'd ever eaten there and told me that I must definitely eat there because the food is fantastic. So there's a thumbs up for you anyway. Um, but I do my best. But you do your best, but is yeah, your, be- but is your best good enough? For- what? Yeah, your head's wrecked. Why? I'd missed listening to that call a while ago. He's away with the bobs. He's with the bobs. I can't s- get staff. We failed to get staff. Like, I'm a year and a half trying to get a cook or a chef, and I just can't get them. Why? I have four daughters, two daughters working in the restaurant, and two of them working in the shop. The ones in the restaurant are dead from work. Working, my daughter knows about this morning, it's 7 o'clock, and she'll be there tonight, about a quarter past nine. She's above the hour, and she's crying, actually. We oh, just yeah. can't get nobody. And I have to... Since the COVID, 
since the time of the COVID, got, they got 350. Nobody wants to work no more. But the 350 is gone now. Why don't they I want know, to work? But they, they, they went to different, they went to factories and things, and they're all finished Friday evening at 3 o'clock. They're just, they're not interested in working seven days a week. Hospitality well, is hard. Well, they don't work seven days, like, but they seven day shifts. Yeah, they don't want to do the early mornings or the late nights. And it's very physical. Yeah, and, and, yeah, and then you got weekend shifts and everything. They can get other jobs where they just do their 37 hours, 9 to 5, is it? Yeah, that's crazy. Like, you know, the only one that'll work for you that's anywhere good now at the moment is Polish Bianca. They will work, will they? Yeah, I had two Polish families and they were the best families that I ever had, and I need that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, listen, you're brilliant. preaching to the converted. People come over right. here to work and they work hard. And why they went home is because they couldn't afford houses. The houses went from 850 to 1400 euros. They just couldn't afford houses. It's crazy, like. Yeah, you're seeing it in the real world where politicians oh, never see I the real world. They never I'm see working it. since I was 20 years of age, since I was 15 years of age. I'm out of slavery at last with the ad. Mm. And that's truth, I mean it. Apparently, apparently your restaurant is top class. That must make well, it even we're, worse. We're crazy busy as well. Like, you know, all the time we're busy, but just can't get staff. So on the basis of not having staff, you are doing what? You're going to close the sit-down completely? Yeah, we're going to do from Monday now. We'll be takeaway. We can't do any more. We're busy takeaway as well. That's all we can do. We just can't get staff unless it's going to change. That's got to be heartbreaking for you, knowing the business is there. The business, yeah. the business is there. I work so hard, right? Yeah. 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 What about the energy yeah. costs on top of it? Is that another... Oh, that's crazy. Stop. Leave me alone. It went... I had a contract with DSB and my contract was up then and they, they wouldn't renew it. My bill was five and a half, six thousand for 56 days and now it's 19,000. Say that again? 19,000. What was it? It was five and a half to six for the shop and the restaurant. Two, two, two units. From five and a half thousand well, to like, nineteen thousand. Yeah, to nineteen thousand. And I went. I got onto DSP about it. I hadn't any problem paying it last time. I got onto him about it, and he, you know, he told me I wanted to get a contract again. They wouldn't give me any contract. He said, "Ah, should we split that over four months for you?" So what good is that? Still so I have to build again on three weeks time again. Yeah. I have a trade like there's no problem. But what about what about another nineteen thousand now next week or the week after? You see, that's silly to say something like that. It still has to be paid. That was stupid. But they don't care. You pay something off and they'll leave you build up maybe a hundred, whatever it is, and they'll cut you off then. But getting back to the staff shortages, how is that ever going to be fixed? Because that seems to be a problem all over the place. There's only one way it's going to be fixed. That they take half the dole off people and get them out working. They're giving them too much money. They're coming here, they're signing on. I see myself. They're signing on and they're driving off to work. They're signing on and driving off to work for cash, yes. is it? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, but we're all guilty of that, aren't we? We, we, we still give I trades... I tried myself, to be honest with you, years ago when I had nothing. I know, but... I, like, I, I, see, I see how there's two words, as I did. I know, I know. But it was I, my own fault over every bits and pieces of everything. I know. Gambling and everything, but I got over all these Fair things. play to you, fair play to you. But you know the guys, the, those that are signing on and working for cash... It's the rest of us are giving us the cash. We have to stop paying cash and know, demand that people are paying tax and demand that people are giving invoices and have VAT numbers. But we, I know, it's crazy. But we don't. We it's give crazy. cash. We get a better deal yeah. for it. So we're part of the problem. Yeah, it's unreal. It's unreal. 
But you believe that there are people who would work if they were forced to? So they'd have to, like, if they want to get money, they have to walk. Yeah. I think they will walk in a way out of the FCI. I think they'll walk. So the, I can see it already. There's a lot of two euro coins and one euro coins and five pound notes coming to the tills there with the last few weeks. That's not a great sign. I know. But you see, does hospitality pay good wages, though? You know, that's the issue. Well, I'm paying good wages. I'm paying well over the, well over the average wage. We're paying good wages and just they're not interested. So when you see a budget then that loads up welfare payments and extras and extras and extras, you're saying, I'm never going to get staff. No one's going to work like if they get on. No, no, definitely not. Right. It's hard to say. It's terrible. <sighs> yeah. So if there are people are looking to work, are you hiring? We are hiring. We can't get nobody. Well, we'll have to get in two nights for the shop. All right. They're supposed to start next week. But you wear that before. And when the morning come, they might turn up. And even if you wanted to bring people in from overseas, should they can't afford somewhere to live? I'd love to do it, but they, I, I can't get accommodation for them. There's no accommodation. I'm Margaret Seal there. There's no accommodation here. There's no house to be got. No, oh, man. Oh, man. That's, har- that's heartbreaking, particularly when you're turning business away, isn't it? But when I listen to that sign, like, it my, my head was bleeding. Like, he, he's, that was crooked out. That's crazy what the government are doing, like. It's crazy. They're not done unreal. They're playing with a different deck altogether. I know, I know. Look after yourself, though, you know. Look after yourself. Don't get too worked uh, up about it. I know it's easy for me to say, you know. I know, but I was listening to the other man who was on there after me. He, he was, like, he was right, too. He said, we're telling the truth, like, you know. Yeah. I'm not educated and all that, and, like, you know, but I'm telling you I the wish truth. You wouldn't, I wish you wouldn't say that. Education comes in many different ways. You see, the problem with what Michael was saying has got one or two people upset. Like, one person said, firstly, you shouldn't call a single parent an unmarried mother, and then... Every single parent is entitled to a roof over her child's head, as are all children, irrespective of where their parents come from. Michael was talking about, um, you know, not being able to have grandchildren stay over. The state of the nation is a lot worse than to be talking about prioritizing a grandchild for a sleepover over homeless children. Um, is ignorant and arrogant at best. So, you know, know. you know, like if you have a woman with three small children. Oh, she's entitled to a roof over her head, isn't she? You think that they would be prioritised faster, you know? Well, of course they should be. But sure, I can see the Ukraine, I, I'm not against them now, really. I can see it, like, but I can I see it down to some other. They, they, they're getting everything, like, you know, they, they're getting a second mobile phone after the, after the government. They're getting everything they want. They get everything. We, like, we get nothing. I'm working, I'm working, working. My family are working, working. They're getting nothing. Yeah, yeah, I know. You sound so exasperated about the I whole thing. I'm really, really, really pressed now. You know, really, mm-hmm. really. It's going, you know. All right. Look after yourself, Johnny. Look after yourself, my man. All the best. Happy to chat with you, but uh, not good news there. Can't get staff. Energy costs gone crazy. Nobody wants to work. John, good morning. Morning, Neil. I'm going to drill in some text. So, what's on your mind? Two points there that uh, uh, Mr. Coveney brought up. One of them, which I thought was very disingenuous to you and to the people of Cork when he told you that you should temper your remarks on the radio in regards to what the Cork public are, are saying to you. Now, Maybe he's saying uh, I have a responsibility, you know. Uh, yeah, but you're, you're, hold on a while now, you're reporting and you're dealing more diligently with Cork matters from the Cork people uh, than he is or uh, is likely to do in whatever uh, tenure that he's in, in any form of a government. And well, the other one thing that he brought up is that we shouldn't be pitting people against one another. He was one of the people that came out during the the COVID scare and thought you should be falling out because somebody's having a party or somebody's not doing as they say you should do. So what was that? 
You should mm-hmm. inform on the people who had a free will to go about their their, their life and their health. The actual the, the actual situation there. of pitting people yeah. against each other and they fail to see it is of their making, not what ours. Absolutely, oh, absolutely. But should listen, it is very easy to put his thumb on and, and tell you that you should stay quiet and that you shouldn't be reporting. You need to keep reporting because you are the voice of Cork. Yeah, but I don't, I don't, I've said it numerous times before, I'm blue in the face, I don't want to be part of a, of a, of a, um, a, a situation where it would cause hatred or it would cause animosity. Oh, no, or, does, does, no, no. Telling the truth, which it should never cause hatred. Yeah, but against a marginalised section of society like people coming... <laughs> fleeing war. I don't oh, want to be part oh, of oh, them oh, no. being there's, hated there's, there's, or looked at or, you know, abused but or there's, but, there's, but no, no, there's, 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 there's none of us. There's none of us. Well, very few of us are, are taking taking uh, issue with people running from a war from that from that lunatic in Moscow. There's, there's no question on that. But the government has to have parity. You cannot have Irish people who have worked their whole lives like pensioners and, 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 and other people and, and the middle class who are working and who are struggling and you have see you see people coming and stuff is just handed to them. Yeah, there, there is there is there's no parity. And you cannot do you cannot do that to your own people. You're, yeah, but what's hand, yeah, yeah, but what's handed it, to them like? They get no, a PPS well, well, card and they get dole yeah. and they they've all their stuff in well, black bags well, and they're in somebody the else's house. Well, according to the guy there before me, uh, they were getting uh, mobile phones. No yeah, mobile phones. Sure, you, not, can't not e- you can't eat a mobile phone, you know? Like no, you, no, 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 you can't. You know. But it's the very thought about the fact that stuff has been given out uh, gratis and the Irish can't uh, seem to get anything. Now, I understand that people have to be housed and they have to be taken care of, but there is a lot more people turning up Neil, that are not coming from the Ukraine and they're jumping on the bandwagon right. and they don't and there don't seem to be any any situation where they're being checked for any type of security. They're, they're just turning up now. It's well known now that we have people from different continents who are applying uh, for uh, holiday visas for Ukraine and then turning up their documents and then turning up the borders and said. I'm in Ukraine. I need to. I need protection. I know, but the, but I know, no, but in the big in the big scheme of things, like that's 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 but, fairly but, far but and few between. But, but the big the big scheme of things, Neil, has what you call an expanded to, to way out of control because we were only a country of three and a half million people, and and now all of a sudden three and a half million people that successive governments couldn't cater for, and now all of a sudden we can cater for uh, the world and his sister. Okay, there's no there's no policy. And and Mr. K- Mr. Coveney should take uh, and reflect on the remarks that he made to you this morning because uh, you've done a lot more for Cork uh, through your programme than we've seen from Mr. Coveney today. Okay, well, that's kind of you to say. Thanks, John, as always. Have a good weekend. Uh, keep hammering him on pay as you go. Don't let him bluff you on that one. Well, I did as much as I could for those that are on pay as you go. Very treat- treated very, very differently to bill payers across the winter. Uh, stop saying it's €600, Euro, for God's sake. You pay VAT, so it's about 500 Get factual research done. Okay, okay, it's 600 and you take off the VAT. I hear on the radio saying how great the budget is. Um, Says Ray, uh, will you just answer the questions? Uh, I'm on 24,000 a year and will benefit nothing from these gangsters. Uh, We need to, we need to, we need to look at this. When will we insist these creatures in government actually start doing something instead of talking about looking into things? Why does Simon Coveney, what does Simon Coveney know about us struggling to pay bills? He's lived a privileged life all his life, a privileged life all his life on huge state wages. He's not living in the real world. Get him off the air, please. I, I don't know about that. I mean, I don't, regardless of what he does 
uh, where he came from or his background. I don't believe that Simon Coveney just sits on his arse and twiddle his thumbs Monday to Friday. Uh, so I don't, I'm not keen on it getting overly personal. Um, ask him why wasn't the block manufacturers brought to task? Why, it is, why is it the citizens have to be punished with this block levy, the concrete levy. Uh, please, he mustn't come across as so arrogant. He has no empathy. He obviously is not at risk. He's looking at the stats and the poorest people are being looked after. Is he even listening to what you're presenting to him? Uh, another one, he's deluded. He said the best budget for 10 years. Ask him, why am I having to work two jobs, 80 hours a week just to survive? And I'd be better off on the dole. Uh, one or two more. Um, ask him why the insurance companies for the dodgy cement blocks. Yeah, there's a lot on those actually. Again, people are very annoyed about this uh, this levy. It sometimes it's the small things that hurt people most. You know, putting a little levy on concrete. Um, but you can understand why, because people feel they should not have to pay it. Uh, we have we have pay as you go gas and electricity. We both work, have no social welfare payments, so we get nothing from this budget and dread every month trying to make mortgage payments. We got a letter from the bank this morning saying interest is going from three to five percent. Will we ever get a break? Uh, please ask him what's the big, huge, massive delay and failure with the payment scheme for mother and baby home survivors, as an example. Pyrite scandal has the insurance companies also paying two billion towards the government's bills, says Ken. I'm a first time buyer. I just got planning to build a new house uh, as we were unable to buy one. It just feels as if we are being screwed from every angle. It seems like the hardworking class are always paying the price. No wonder all the young people are leaving Ireland. Politicians are out of touch. Simon Coveney said there's no free money here. Someone will have to pay for this. It's the same attitude when it comes to their forced wage increases for themselves, I suppose. Uh, the reason politicians don't want to do more about rental properties is because half of them own houses they're renting out themselves. Can I just say with people, with regards to people renting houses, here's how bad it's got now. And, and this primarily is affecting students, apparently. Uh, students in who, who maybe have to go to different cities to live and find a room to live in. Not just our own, but also students coming in from overseas who come here to study or to work. I sent a post recently from a student attending Maynooth has just been told by her landlord that half of her double bed is going to be rented out. And she's been told she has to share her double bed in the room that she's sleeping in with a stranger. And that's followed then by a response to that text that says... Lots of my friends who are over here from overseas studying in college have to share beds in their accommodation and they have no say in the matter. So you're sharing your double bed as in they're renting both sides of the bed. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Pointless talking to a politician. It's the top brass in the ESB. You should be grilling. They make a fortune on the citizens of Ireland and the government allows it. They were well able to take away our democracy during COVID, weren't they? No problem there. What about USC? Loads of text constantly on USC, which was supposed to be a temporary tax for two years, just to help us get rebalanced and back on track. But as you know, with any tax in this country, I read out the list of levies for you earlier on this morning. Mother of God. Uh, what about a husband and wife where the wife is working, earning 500 a week, and all we have is oil heating? How does this budget help us? I can tell you it doesn't. You should be asking him, uh, what Neil is saying about Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael. 
Um, isn't it something Neil just came up it isn't something you've just come up with now your questions for Simon Coveney it's how the people of Ireland feel about the crappy political system in this country isn't it ironic that Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael hated each other but once they knew their time was up they jumped into government together enjoy it Simon Coveney because if I have anything to do with it you'll never again be in a position to put a saddle on the Irish people's backs again Uh, and that's just a selection one or two more yeah, um, again, uh, we're in middle income earners. My husband and I will get an extra few euro a week for working over 80 hours a week between of us, between us because of this so-called fair budget. Yet the ones on the dole fare so much better doing F all. It's heartbreaking when you hear stories of people signing on and then driving off to work for cash, isn't it? It really and truly is. But who's the fool like? Who's the fool here? You've got to ask yourself. Is it those that are working? Uh, anyway, more phone, more, more, more phone calls. Text 0868104106 and we get more texts on the air as well. Sarah, good morning. Just, with regard, morning. just from the point of view of uh, children on the autism spectrum, spectrum, I know we've spoken about Callum. Are you any better off now? No. Um, so with me being the carer, I am, that is part of the social money um, and everyone is on about oh how does social guest this and social guest that I'm getting the 500 but that's not going to cover Callum's assessment for ADHD that assessment is 800 euro private private yeah because yeah. you have so, no choice but private yeah I have to go private he's not classed as urgent for CAMS uh, to see him so I have to go down the private route which is 800 so where am I getting that extra bit of money to add on to the 500 euro that extra 12 euro won't cover won't cover anything mm. and then if he gets sick then over over the winter then he's on nebulizers Should I have to keep him on a nebulizer most of the day the night time so that is going to my ESV is going to go high up but you see, people who are giving out, then they don't take all this. They don't think about carers. They don't think about kids who have a disability, who has all these problems. They're just, they just love picking and picking and picking to a stage where I have to come out and explain about about my situation. Yeah. And, and I, I have to try and apply for schools tomorrow for Callum, which is now like a lottery draw where they'd only have, they can only pick three kids to go into the special schools and in the autism unit in the Nagel, which he doesn't have. It's a lottery. So I, I don't think they, he will be able to go in there. So I'm stuck then with all these problems as well. Mm. So mm. it's not just... So as I said, like... But carers, carers, got, care, carers get the extra lump sums that we were talking about, don't they? That's once. That's only in uh, the summer. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Like it's like that has to cover other stuff. What I need for Callum as well throughout throughout the year. Like, like it's just like if I was only just on the dole with no with a child who wasn't sick. Like I wouldn't be on the dole. I'd go and I'd work. I'd have no problem working. Yeah. But because I have a sick child, I have to stay at home. I have to mind him. I have to look after him. I have to get what he needs. So as I said, that 500 euros is not going to cover his assessment. And then, um, oh, signing Kofi then on about giving money away. But what about the Irish kids who are waiting to get assessments? Like, is, yeah, but he he, he's off? saying, he, he would keep on saying, and all apologies to give him, we, we still have an international obligation to help others. But what about the Irish kids 
who are struggling to try and get assessments done, who needs to be seen. Their money isn't being given to those kids. They're being given to kids who don't even live in Ireland. And if he was Ukrainian, Callum would not have bothered getting a place in a secondary school next September. And I you, do you believe that, that, a, that a Ukrainian child will get a place in a school faster than an Irish child? Yeah, yeah. Because somebody told you that, but we don't know it to be a fact. No, I, no, no one has told me that, but I, uh, but I guess what, so out of those three places, if Callum was Ukrainian, would he get that place before an Irish child with the same disability he has? I would hope, I, I would hope they would be both treated equally and both would get a place. I don't think so. Okay. I, I don't think so. So I think the money should stay and be pumped into kids who needs assessments done and also who needs to be seen. Like Callum hasn't been seen by anyone since before lockdown. And so many of Because them. they've changed everything around and there's no money to be given to be given for for speech therapists, for occupational therapists, for psychiatrists, for nothing like that because they're all leaving to go to the private sector because the money is in the private and sector. And then you have to follow them to the private sector and pay for everything yourself. Yeah, with what money? Yeah, okay. All right, thanks, Sarah. Sheila, good morning. Good morning, me. Okay, me, um, you're on a boy, pension. My, yeah, and my blood boils when I have to pay a property tax for my family home. Mm. Mm. I pay tax on the money to pay my mortgage and I pay my house insurance and everything else. No, I don't know where Michael McGrath got his figures because, I mean, 253 is... Um, the pension. Yeah. Now, we have to pay our house insurance, we have to pay our bills, our electricity bills, everything, phone, and I have, I have to pay actually VHI as well because I couldn't depend on our national system. Yeah. I yeah. need it. Yeah. So, he gave us a double week, right? Give us two to, but sure, he gave it one hand and if we have to pay a property tax, he's after taking it back off it straight away. Uh, you get the 600 of the electricity bills, assuming you're not pay as you go. You get uh, the yeah. 400 euro fuel allowance extra for recipients. You get a double payment to the pension before the end of the year. Uh, more and more people are, be- are being brought into the fuel allowance scheme as well. Yeah, but me, just down and just a figure, the cost of living has gone up. Everything has gone up. It's still don't cover it. It don't, and I don't see why a person living in their family home should have to pay property tax. People in council houses don't pay property tax. Mm. I mean, I had to get a new boiler don't. recently and I had to pay it with my son. Yeah, so, but, but you'd have to do that. It's, it's your own home, your own property. Your boiler breaks that's down. That's what I'm saying. And why should I have to pay tax? If yeah. I had a council house, I wouldn't have to worry. Council will come in and replace it. Well, if you're renting a council property, then... That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's not your property. You're just a tenant. Yeah. You know? And I mean, there's people out there that face not paying mortgages. They don't own their home. It's the bank. So it's the bank should be paying their property tax. Yeah, I know. I know. You know? And another thing, the gentleman that you had done earlier who couldn't get staff, I think we're the only country that kids can come out of school and get the dole. That shouldn't happen. What and should if happen? They're not work, it shouldn't happen that they can come out of school and get the dole. Then they'd go to work. Yeah. We're the only country that you can come what? out of secondary school and get the dole without doing a day's work. Yeah, there's also a big problem with those that don't want to work, unfortunately. That's what I'm saying, that because their parents never worked before them, eh? Well, where it's very easy to stay on the dole, all you got to do is kind of pretend to be looking for work. 
You know? Yes. Yeah. So that's why I'm saying they shouldn't get it. And if they're out of work so long, they should be put into the army or something like they're doing Turkey and everywhere else abroad. All right, girl. Thanks for that, Sheila. Back to the phone lines we go. Text 0868104106. Jim, good morning. Uh, well, he was there on that line a second ago, so if I can sort the line out, I'll come back. Yeah, he's good to go now. I got him back again on three. Jim, quickly, go ahead. How are you, boy? I just on about the, the blocks there and, the, and I'm a cove, was saying about uh, taxing the people, you know? Yeah. For the homes. Like, Concrete and no one's meant, nobody's mentioning uh, home bonds, right? Everybody pays home bond on their home, new homes. That's an insurance on homes. Like, that's where, that's who should be paying for this. I'd say that was, that surely be to God, that was investigated. I, I doubt it. I mean, everybody pays 2% when they're buying a new home. It's a home bond insurance. It's run by the state. They didn't even, they didn't even I, I haven't heard them once mentioned, even to be cleared, yeah. they haven't been mentioned. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. None, of, none of us have heard of anybody else that has been investigated. Did you hear of any builders or, 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 or quarries that were, like CRH, Smith Road, Southern Ireland, they're surely involved in it. I Don't didn't know. hear their name coming no, up. No, I want to be fair to everybody. It's, it's not necessarily fair to be pointing fingers, fingers to people that we can't prove were involved in it. I don't know what happened with the builders or with the construction companies that actually mixed the cement or made the blocks, to be honest with you. But, but well, I'm, I, surely I, I, they're I, not I, stupid enough not to investigate that. Well, you know how pyroid, pyroid happens, don't you? You know what, what causes it. It's, it's, it's like, maybe most people don't know how this happens. It's, it's, it's almost it, like a b- b- bacteria in the, in the block, isn't it? It rots. It, it's, 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 for all purposes, think of it as, as a, some of the sand product that's in, that's in the stone. And when it gets water into it, right, it expands. And that's why you see all the cracks in the buildings. It's just a part, it's just a different type of stone that's in it, you know. So, if you, you know, you see gravel, it's just mixed in with the gravel in the mix. It's in the ground. It's, it's like, a, is it, they're cheaper made, are they? No, it's just the exact same price. It's just what came out of the ground is wrong, that's all. It's the product that's in the ground, but it's not, not cheaper. It's not a, there was no such thing as a cheap lock. No, I'm not saying cheap to the buyer. I'm saying they were made cheaper, no? No, no, nothing okay. at all to do with that. Absolutely nothing to do with that. It's just a fault in the product. That's what it was. All right. Okay. Thanks for that. Okay. Ask okay. Simon Coveney why the universal social charge, which was introduced in 2011 for two years, is still in play. It just sickens me. I'm, I'm with my partner 15 years. Why am I being punished for not getting married? But if we need government help, we're classed as a couple. Uh, could you also ask the budget, what the budget has done for the Defence Forces personnel? I've been suffering for years with next to no increase on re- or relief on tax. With taxes, I nearly pay €200 Euro every week in PRSI, USE and PAYE. Uh, they're just a bunch of whinge bags, politicians. One of the most expensive budgets as well, because the poor are being robbed left, right and centre. €50 Euro a month off your rent. What a joke. 7,000 derelict properties in Cork, 300,000 is the homeless number. Okay, I think I may have said 500,000, but he corrected me on that. We're middle-income earners. My husband and I would get a few extra euro a week for working 80 hours a week. How can anyone call this a fair budget? Yet the ones on the dole fare so much better for doing what? Sweet F.A. The response from Simon Coveney is poor, commendable to widen the tax band, but on those minimum wages or even living wages going to work each day certainly won't get 12 euro a week and no bonus. Um, as in the 12 euro that welfare payments will get. I'm getting half carers assistance and that 500 euro wouldn't help anything. Private assessments, occupational therapy, nothing. Uh, why don't you mention the fact that politicians got a six and a half grand pay rise a few weeks ago and in the budget they got a grand and a two and a half thousand lump sum into their hands. They are nothing short of criminals and with the way they're talking about other countries boring, more, be, being more important than our own, 
makes my blood boil. That's just a selection back after the break. The Neil Brenderville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 0818-104-106. Just a final few. This is the type of political thinking that's keeping Ireland back with the way they were following the ancient Irish political thinking of the government knows best. I came home recently and I can honestly say Ireland is ridiculously expensive and impossible to move home to. Uh, Simon Coveney is living in a bubble. Irish people pay tax and I would love to know where the money is going. This man has the right to his opinion, but telling us to believe what I actually know is a fact to be lies is a farce and an aggressive inductora. I choose to live and work in France because Ireland is so behind in healthcare and an expensive place to live in so many ways. And with all my heart and being, I would love to come home. Anyway, look after yourself, says John, listening in France. And Marie says, kids are just out of college and want to move on, but they can't because they can't get a place to rent. They are the pits, our politicians. They're gone as far, they are gone as far as we're concerned here in West Cork. Ask them how would they like to be living on the streets of Cork today? Ask Simon Coveney. It's just awful. Tears are in my eyes. Do you hear about the girl sleeping in her car going to college and she can't afford the rent? We have to look after our own first, for God's sake, says Marie in Clon. Uh, text 0868104106. Um, just on drinks being spiked and what have you. Um, have you ever, have you ever spoken, has anybody ever tested positive for these spiked drinks stories in Cork? Or have you as a broadcaster ever bothered to research this? Never let the truth get in the way of a good story, I guess. Now, that's an interesting uh, point of view, I have to say, because during part of my conversation earlier on this morning, I did talk about the research that went into it, and they found that in the vast majority, 79% of those that presented in the case study in the UK didn't have anything in them except alcohol. But the point is that spiking can involve alcohol, where people's drinks are doctored. They might think they're having one shot of vodka. They might think they're having one whiskey or whatever the case may be. But somebody could be buying them twos or threes and mixing them. So it comes in all sorts of different ways. Uh, but listen, um, as you say, never let it get in the way of a good story. Uh, never let it get in the way with people having an opinion and texting as well. So keep those texts coming. We've got a free Food Friday winner in a few minutes' time. Mind you, I have been contacted by a number of different people who've been overseas. I see a lot of texts coming in from people who have been on holidays in um, in Florida and got caught up in that shocking storm. Like, I was also hoping to talk, and I think the time won't work out now. The Piper family from Crosshaven were over-holidaying in Orlando. Um, and, of course, then in came this hurricane. In came this storm. Uh, hit Cuba first and then on to the uh, south uh, east coast of America, Florida in particular, where they had to batten down the hatches. But there were Cork people over there and she was describing, I think, she, I, think I was reading it in Cork Bio this morning, she says, we were in a restaurant when all of a sudden everyone's phone went off at the same time. It wasn't just your standard text message alert, sounded more like a fire alarm on our phones. It must be the way they alert people here but the sounds of everyone's phones going off at the same time was bizarre to say the least. So when she was asked then, what was the message? She said it was a message advising people to stock up on supplies and information on how to stay safe. I mean, I'd imagine you'd be kind of shocked if you were to get uh, text messages like that. But it happens all too often in that part of the world. Somebody else who's over there is Brian Guest, who's in Florida. 
and was caught up in it as well. Now, he came to my attention recently because he was in Universal Studios wearing a Tanora T-shirt. <laughs> Brian, good morning. How's it going, Neil? How are you, Where do I start with the uh, other Cork people noticing the Tanora T-shirt as well, I believe, yeah? Well, actually, it was a double fellow first. I was uh, in line at the concession stand to, you know, get a beer because I was halfway through the walk. And um, the kind of service was a bit slow and fell in front of me. I heard the accent, like, you know, oh, jeez, you know, this and that. And then kind of turned around and I came to kind of a acknowledging smile, you know, yeah. saying, you know, I'm not sure what I'm in the same boat. <laughs> and he looked at me and he says, Jesus, you must be from Cork, are you? <laughs> we, can't get, we can't get there where we are. And then, you know, and we, I talked to him. We, we stood there for a while, had kind of beer and... I met a family from Caligaline, I met a family from Glenmoyle. And they all asked me where you got it, Malik, and stuff. So I told them what the website you got it, like, you know. And you even, just on this subject, but can you get Tato's and Barry's tea and all? Because you were there, what? Are you 20 years in Florida? I'm here since 2005, 2004, 2005, I think, yeah. You didn't pick up the American accent, though, Brian. Huh? You didn't pick up. Well, they, when will I go home? They tell me I do, like, so, you know, you no, can't win either. I can so. tell you, you don't. You have a Nash's <laughs> Boreen <laughs> accent. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, I suppose, you know, you, you, can't forget, you can't forget who you are, like. You know, I know, a former Mon boy, I believe. Yeah. Is that right? Oh, Jesus, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was about 15, and I went out, they got a job in the post office, and doing telegrams around the city, and then one post took over, so I thought I had a job for life, and... That didn't work out, thank God. So, you know, fairly, you know, it's tries and tribulations of life. Like and that. over you went. What do you do over there then? What was your line of work there? Uh, when I got here, I became a, a pipe fellow, fire, fire protection, sprinklers and all that kind of stuff, you know. And I, I kind of, I went, I uh, got in with a company up in Massachusetts and done my apprenticeship with them. And I've been, I'm still doing the same. I'm actually right now doing the same bloody thing. <laughs> so, but what, how, are, how are things now? Because we see the video footage and the news reports. You got battered. We did. It was the worst one ever. I mean, I mean, they're, they're uh, you know, when they were talking about the text they're coming across on the radio, people's phones, like, they, they were kind of started going out last week, like, you know, but I mean, uh, we kind of got caught. We got a bit complacent this time. I think most people did. You know, usually there's a big Russian tile of paper, water, up, so you would use what kind of stuff like petrol. But, it's a fact of life, but, like, is it? No, it's not really like. I mean, it's not. I mean, everybody, you know, all you see is the headlines. Like, but I mean, I mean, this is the worst. This is the worst one I've ever been through. And I was talking to a guy the other this morning, like a fire chief in the local in our local town here in Norman Beach, and he said like that. Uh, it's, the flooding is the worst of it. Like, you know, the flooding is the worst. It was really bad. I mean, there was flash floods, and I mean, I was up on I have a basement in my house, like, and I, I I was up this morning at two. Well, I was up on eight, but I, I went down this morning at two o'clock and put on the pumps. And uh, I, I mean, I, I, I'm in the business. I got pumps and pipes and everything else. Like, so I, I, I got myself sorted. So they I, call uh, it a 500-year flood. Is it saying that this kind of weather or this kind of hurricane is a one in a 500 euro level? Is it 500-year yeah, level? It's, I mean, it's yeah, yeah, it is. It's bad. Obviously. I mean, yes, yesterday was weather day in record, like 200 years. I think you know. And what were yeah, the winds? Like about 150 miles an hour or something like that? Did it wreck houses? They were, they were steady. They were steady. Steady. 70 to 75 mil, 70, 70, 75 mile an hour wind, steady, and then um, then, the, then, the, then, the, then the rush would come, like, then it goes up to about 95, 100 miles an hour. Yeah, because the papers of this morning saying, Hurricane Ian barreled through the state with gusts of 150. That wouldn't be a steady yeah. wind, but the odd gust of it. Wrecking houses, oh, uprooting yeah. trees, storms yeah. surging to 12 feet in places. Yeah, that's all down the southwest coast. I mean, Naples, we were down there last year. We we go down there. We get an Airbnb down in Naples. Fort, uh, Fort Myers, Naples area. It's beautiful down there. Like, and that's, that's gone. 
That's, I mean, it's a whole place is white. There's boats, there's boats in inland, like, you know, there's boats half a mile inland. And they're still finding bodies, like, you know. Oh, man. Oh, God, that's awful, isn't it? Never mind the yeah, amount yeah, of people yeah. that are literally had to pack bags and leave their homes and head where? Inland, is it? Yeah, well, Rachel, across the street from me, she's, uh, she's in Italy, she headed up to North Carolina and then I, I spoke to her this morning and then she has to move, I said, she actually has to move inland because it's heading straight by again, like, she's up in South Carolina, like, Savannah area and I said, she got to get inland, like, you know, she just wanted to stay on the coast, I guess, but, you know, a lot of people moved out and then a lot of people from the Southwest moved up here, all the hotels booked out and then, then they were all evacuated again, like, from Orlando and, you know, uh, St. Augustine and areas like that they all had to move on again like you know amazing isn't it amazing but listen anyway, like, but just generally you stayed put did you yeah you have to work anyway I fix did. people's pipes I, well yeah well I, I didn't have to work like but I mean there's certain customers we have to go like we got a lot of fire pumps down a lot of fire protection systems down so the fire department called us straight away you see yeah and uh, we walked in and we kind of bypassed the pumps so that the pumps usually down the basement the last flooded like so we just have to rework the pipes and are you happy you moved kind of over there Brian are you happy with the life change I know it's 20 years is life good in general yeah, as opposed to huh? best move I ever made the best yeah. move I ever made and what do you make of the yeah, state of the nation back home well it's, it's not great like you know it's not great I can see people's frustrations but then again like I mean I think I think the, 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 the basis of Irishness is, is charity you know yeah and I can see people's point, like, take care of our own first. I mean, they've got a point to, like, take care of our own people first, and then they can help any influx of people after that. Then, like, but you're always going, you're going to have that, you're going to have that little, you know, you're going to have that bit of anxiety, like, for people who feel that they're shortchanged, like, you know. Yeah, but for you, the best move then, ever was heading over, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. I mean, I was off the boys in Boston first, like, and they went back for a few years, like, in 99, you know, the Celtic Tiger, and they couldn't settle there, to be honest with you, like, you know, and I mean, I mean, the work, you'd have to travel for work and everything else, like, and should just, I mean, you're home on the Friday night, and you're gone again Sunday night on Monday morning, like, that's not, that's not a family life at all, like, I mean, I know there's a lot of tradesmen do it, like, and I commend them, and I've done it myself for five or six years, like, Oh, you know, for God's sake, I know, I saw them yesterday, I got caught in traffic, I was 30, I was 45 minutes, I'd taken the trip down the South Link through the Don Kettle Ronda, but it was going down to yeah, Desi's Tires, and another 45 minutes yeah. back, but, but I saw vans and trucks all around me, and they're just sitting there, and I'm thinking, this is costing them money, big money, like, big money. Oh, yeah. Sitting yeah, in yeah. traffic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's tough to be, you know, and then the, 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 the boys come home then, like, in the weekends, like, expecting to be, you know, have a happy weekend with the family, like, sure. But the women are stressed out, like, you know, doing everything all week long themselves, like, you know. Tough one. Listen, look yeah, after yourself and keep that, um, keep that Tanora t shirt nice and clean and tidy, hear me? <laughs> Thanks for your lip. I'll be back in a few weeks, bye. I'll be having a few pints and cash on the Academy Street. I'm sure <laughs> anyone. Into Dunica and the lads? Huh? Into Dunica and the lads? Oh, Dunnick always takes care of me, bye. I tell you, the best, the best toast to eat, the best toast to eat in the country, and the freshest point of whatever you want inside. And I love the place anyway, it's all the great photographs uh, living inside. I love the Jack Forts too. I love the Jack Forts. I love the Jack Forts. You're looking forward to it. Look after yourself, Brian. Take care. Cheers. Just well, one other quick one in Florida, actually. Victoria, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? How'd you survive it? <laughs> I am well. Look, I said Neil, we we were very lucky here in in Orlando. You know, by the time it had reached us, it, it had weakened. You know, it, it badly affected right the south coast. You know, like houses were washed away. Um, you know, roofs were torn off. It, you know, it was very kind of sad to to see. Um, you know, it did. It, it came. It came to us in Orlando, but thankfully, it, it had weakened by then. But. You know, it was still an, and an you experience. Were only, yeah, like, you were only over home. there on your holidays. Like You were doing things like uh, SeaWorld and Disney World and places like that. And then your phone goes off, yeah? 
yeah, we were in Universal Studios actually, and yeah, the, everyone's phone started going off. It's just the way you get alerted here, and it's like it, it's like a siren. Like I, I've never heard my phone make a, make a noise like it. it. It's like a siren kind of a noise, and you look at your phone, and everyone's phone was kind of going off at the same time. And it was, you know, you were in a hurricane area. You know, do everything you can to protect life and property. Make sure you have enough food, water, medication, fuel, cash to last you the next three days, and listen to local authorities. Basically, it, it's you know. It was it was surreal, really, to see it coming up on your phone. Yeah, is it gone now? Is it calmed down? Um, it, it's calmed down. I mean, we we still were experiencing a lot of rain yesterday, but you know, the wind had kind of calmed down. But you know, it it seems to be gone. Like, I mean, we we can kind of move out of our hotel now today because you know things are kind of opening back up again. Because we've been in the hotel really since since Wednesday. We haven't moved. Um, so we like as far as we're aware, we can we can go out again. Can you get on with um, your holidays you know, there, now? There, do you think? Um, well, look, there, there still has been a considerable amount of damage being done in Orlando. Like, what, what's kind of happened here has mainly been the flooding. Um, you know, I know about 30 minutes down the road, you know, people were being rescued from nursing homes. And, oh, you know, yeah. it, it's mad. When, when, on, like, yeah. we were watching on TV, you know. Yeah, oh, listen, yeah, like, we were watching on TV last night and, you know, they were showing people being rescued from from a nursing home in Kissimmee. And, you know, that that's 30 minutes straight down the road, you know. So, and I mean, I know the, the airport was, was closed for the past two days and it was simply, you know, the roads were completely blocked going to it because they were completely flooded. You know, it was about a foot of rain fell here within a few hours you know the, the water just had nowhere to go alright well listen stay safe anyway and yeah. try and cobble together whatever you can for the rest of your time there alright thanks for taking the call Victoria of appreciate course, thank it you. cheers free food Friday winners for this week if we get them on the phone it'll be great we'll be feeding block wall developments on the Douglas Road I believe so if we can get them on the end of the phone for a big shout out and a big hoo-ha then we'll give them food for 15 or more of them courtesy of ourselves in Roosters Piri Piri Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park now I'm going to run out of time now Mick Mulcahy is here next week but I think on the basis of the response to a lot of what we got this morning particularly in my conversation with Simon Kovnick that I think you should maybe deal with this on Monday's programme when Mick is on the air because there seems to be a lot of people who have a lot of opinions back after the break Get it off your chest Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818 Red FM Mike says I text you every time you bring up the topic about working in hospitality this is my umpteenth time but you'll never relay it uh, I'm one of those that left hospitality for a factory I loved hospitality but the sector treated staff and still does like crap and the pay is crap for too long there are zero, zero perks a factory will look after me and more importantly my family sorry about that it's not that I was ignoring your text I just don't get to all of them Mick Mulcahy will pick it up on Monday morning but before we go Paul Barrett owns Blockwall Developments there in Douglas on the South Douglas Road Ballinglana as well I believe I see the text coming in for months and months Paul good morning Morning. You now, my friend, are one, one step closer to having 15 or so of you fed by Roosters Piri Piri this lunchtime. How do you feel about that? Can't wait. We're all starving here. Yeah, but it was Stephanie that messaged me, right? So she's not yeah. around, no? She's in a different no, office. No, Yeah, okay. She's at home, yeah. Okay, so here we go. It's all based on your big cheer, right? So in your own time. Yeah. Let me hear right. it for Blockwall Yay! Developments. That'll do it. That'll do it. Well done. Come I didn't on. have. To, I Thank didn't you. have to ask Can't twice. Wait. Okay, my man. Take care. So make sure yeah, you're not using you. any dodgy blocks. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Good luck. Free Food Friday for Blockwall Developments on the South Douglas Road. Have a great weekend. For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcast.